0: Hey friends, thanks for joining us on our Tuesday drop here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. So we're trying something new. Last week, as you know, we told you about our team up with several other podcasts through a project called Crossover Connections. It's a way to discover new content creators and share our love for other podcasts. Make sure you look for the hashtag and follow it. Each week we'll feature new friends today's show we're bringing in our friends from the science fiction remnant you've heard their promos lately on our show and we're sharing with you their episode on their first watch of the obi-wan kenobi series hope you enjoy hello everybody and welcome to the show um in this episode we have a first so you're seeing a new face in our show it is actor Dennis Mallon. Uh, he is uh, going to talk about this show with us today. And he's actually the first actor we have in our show. Um, he is known for uh, The Mad Hatter, Life's Rewards, Daddies Were Back, and Killer Miller. So, Dennis, thank yes. you so much for coming to our show. Yes, sir.
1: We're really Thanks excited. Thanks having me, guys. You know, I I, I appreciate you you guys. I, I love this y'all. I have seen this show before, and you guys are hysterical. I'm looking forward to a good time.
0: Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so guys, are are you excited about this? Um, without getting into details, um, I'm not sure if it was your first time watching it. Ray, Giancarlo's.
2: Before,
0: Mine I watched was the show before. And Ray, is this? Your I watched it for the
2: first time last night.
0: First time. Yep. I am That's really. Two in the <laughs> <laughs> I am really curious. Uh, I am really curious to see what you think. Um, of course, I'm going to be partial to it because I am a you know Star Wars fan. Well, then again, everybody knows I'm a sci-fi bad, fan. So <laughs>
3: bad. you live and die, you breathe Star Wars.
0: Well, you know, I I, I do have every single movie there is, but you know,
3: I, I, so so as they tell you, marriage or Star Wars, you're probably gonna be divorced very soon.
1: <laughs> I think Star Wars is cheap. For being married to my aunt, man.
3: <laughs> oh, being divorced. Star- Star Wars is a lot more affordable. He, he,
4: he's, married, he's married to my aunt.
0: <laughs> boy. Yeah, oh boy. But, you know, she, she does love, she does love, um, you know, sci-fi. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, today, um, since this is recorded and it's going to be released in the future, um, today, the, the as day of recording, our last episode is Warehouse 13. And that was recommended by my wife, because she loves that show. So, and and yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute about uh, during the, this is sci-fi. But um, it has a real good um, um, reaction from people. So I'm really happy in the conversation that has, that show has created today. So should we move on to the first segment?
3: Charles.
4: Define. Science
0: Fiction Remnant. And on this segment, um, if you listen to our show, you know by now that we actually asked Twitter and everybody that has listened to us, and if you have someone that loves sci-fi and have not listened to our show yet, how would you describe the show to them? And and the reason why we feel we got to do this it's because at the beginning, I always find it hard to describe our show. Most people, I remember at the beginning, they would say, oh, you know, you you guys are, um, you talk about movies, you talk about TV shows. We, technically, we don't really do that. Do you agree, uh, Ray? Um, Ray was a fan during season one. So he's he has first experience of what it was. And I always found that really hard to describe. So I usually post it to Twitter and to get reactions and see how people perceive us and, you know, what would be the actual definition for a show. Uh, uh, Ray, do you, can you recall, I mean, you're a host now, so you, you've been in the show for a while now, but um, can you recall what?
3: The honeymoon
0: face up. Yeah, the honeymoon face <laughs> <laughs> um, well, How would you describe our show? How did you describe our show in the past to other people that have not listened to us?
2: Mm.
0: The, I'm not sure if you remember.
2: I didn't it's been I a did while. believe I, I, didn't believe I, re, I responded uh, to that original tweet with, with the description. I'm just trying to remember what I said now because it was a while back.
0: Yeah, it was a while um, back.
2: <laughs> it, it, it was along the lines of um, that the, the pa- your passion for sci-fi was really clear, and yes, it, it's sort of a a happy conversation. It's it's about I, I could imagine you two guys sitting on the back of the bus on the way to school, talking about you know the Empire Strikes Back or something like that back in the day, and oh, you just, I'm uh, just being. Just in the moment, and and just loving what you like, talking about what you like, and loving what you like. And as I've mentioned in previous um, uh, previous editions of the show, that. Back in those days, it, it, unless you had a friend who was into the stuff that you were into, there was no way that you could have these conversations. Yes, and I, I even find it now uh, being a, a uh, well, actually, it's my birthday next week, but being a fifty-two-year-old anime lover, that t- finding people around my age that you can talk to about anime is like you. Yeah, well, I, I got to talk to people overseas like you guys to yeah. find someone to talk to. And, and I'll tell you, various
3: things I grew up with. My parents and elders thinking the anime was for kids. Yeah. Oh,
0: God. Are they wrong? That's,
4: that's the thing that, so you that the, me out. You know the amount of shit I got away from with? <laughs>
0: oh, man. <laughs>
4: Yeah, oh, but Ray, I, I do
0: I do remember that tweet. I, it's but like I said, it's been ah. a long time ago. So, uh, Dennis, I don't know if you if you want to take a stab at this. I don't know if have you seen or heard one of our shows, a- and and take a guess. If not, it's okay. I'm just kind of curious to see what your thought is if you ever heard one of our shows.
1: <laughs> I actually, I I, I kind of went through it before I jump on. That's okay. I, That's I, okay. I, I you, you you do cover a, a a bunch of things which is interesting you know you cover these aspects of what's going on out there what is sci-fi what's it all about up anime it's kind of i i like how you you have a structure but you kind of have you would yes you know and it, there's always, always a nugget to walk away with i i learned our friend over here almost cut his finger off uh <laughs> You know, we happen to share a lot in common. We happen to be the same age. You know. No, it's uh I I love the free for all. I, I love you know, you can have it but you gotta have a free flow also.
4: Yeah. So
3: that's
1: that that's fun. That's fun per se, but you have fun with it. So that's Yeah, that's that's
0: what that's what we, all that's we strive it. for,
2: yeah. Um Good. So uh, just before you go on, one of the things I love about the show is that anybody's opinion is valid. It's not one of those, oh, you can't say that that's not right. Um but but then again, you know, uh like like what happened with the Logan's Run episode when my good friend um Joe Sweeney came on.
3: Uh doesn't need
2: a Yes, it does. <laughs> but but, um uh, you can you can have a conversation where somebody makes a comment you go well this is the way i see it and you can actually change their opinion during the show yeah with with, uh well-structured um uh, commentary and that's what i really like about it that not only do do we have our opinions and we stick by them but we're also willing to shift them if more information comes in and and that that's what I feel is a good sign. The sign of a good sci-fi fan is that they're not stuck in their ways. They're willing to change. They can look at new things, and that's that's the epitome of sci-fi. That it's the future, and it's not set in stone. And we're really excited about it, and we're willing to look at it in different ways. And that's part of the beauty of the show.
0: Yeah, I, I wish that most it's of the whole sci-fi fan, like that. most of the. I'm sorry.
1: I, I said. Worlds like that. I had a a good friend of mine up in New Jersey, and we were guys of the spectrum all together. And um, I I stayed my his thoughts and something, and we would just grow and learn from each other. You know, yeah. fortunately today's day, there really isn't that 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 constructive discourse be having,
0: but yeah. And, and and to add to what Ray said, this is something that I wish if everyone in the sci-fi community would be like that, we would not have that mm-hmm. toxicity that we have in, in certain fandoms. So... Oh, the,
3: the, the gay the, the exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a shame, but oh well. Um... So let me bring it's not canon. Yeah. <laughs> it's not canon. Um, so let me go ahead and bring two shout outs for some uh, two people that have uh, described our show on Twitter. Um, the first one is our very best friends, uh, the Funny Science Fiction Podcasts, um, and they have been on our show before and if you have not listened to if you have not listened to them, you just pause us right now. Go download them, listen, and then come back to us. You, you know, you'll thank me for it. They are, they are a real good uh, podcast. Um, so they chimed in today and they say, <clears throat> science fiction remnant uh, is a fun and friendly deep dive into sci-fi that doesn't leave its listeners behind. What do you think? Mm. I, I kind of like, I think it's very simplistic and very to the point of what, of what is it that we do and what we want to accomplish at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, and I mean, gladly we have the dumb guy, so that way everybody can understand. If I understand, everybody could understand.
2: <laughs> so so you're our litmus test, are you? <laughs> huh? If we can get through I'm you, dead. we can get through to anybody.
3: Absolutely, anybody. man. Like, If you can get to me, you can get to a two-year-old toddler.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh wow. Uh the next uh shout out is actually a new fan. Um we gained this new fan today after the Warehouse 13 episode released. Um uh, and uh, it made me happy because uh, this is just one of the the new fans that we have gotten today but we got many. Uh but the reason why I feel happy in addition to getting new fans, it's the fact that um, I finally see the love for Warehouse 13, and this person loves Warehouse 13 just as much as me and my wife enjoyed the show. Um, uh, the name is Sophie, um, and I get a a kick out of it because, um, if you remember the the, the episode Ray and uh, Giancarlo's. Um, apparently, she's a fan of Claudia, Claudia Donovan, because her image on Twitter is Claudia. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm good with that. She's my all-time favorite hacker. <laughs> you
2: have a dead giveaway, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, she says, a silly group of sci-fi lovers discussing all the wacky and amazing things about well-known and maybe not so well-known TV shows and movies. I kind of like that description too, because if you have gone through our list of episodes, you'll notice we cover pretty much everything. And I think that's that reflects our love for sci-fi and what we want to do
3: with it. We cover pretty much everything. We cover a lot of things that are nothing related to it.
2: Oh, yeah. But but there are still a few IPs, some some pretty big ones that we haven't touched on yet. (coughs) Bubble on (laughs) Fire.
0: Yes, I know. Please don't take my sci-fi card away. I promise. It's on my list.
3: It's been on my list. sci-fi card?
0: Hey, you
3: can keep the sci-fi card, bro. The sci-fi card, I still want (laughs) to keep
0: it. I I promise (laughs) it's on my list. I will watch it. I promise. Yeah, I hear that comment on Twitter all the time. You know, you haven't watched Babylon Five yet. What's wrong with you? It's like, well, life gets in the way. But uh, I don't want
3: to know what's wrong with me because I not you know what Babylon Five
2: is. Well, you've in the way for twenty-five years, exactly.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: really? <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> twenty-five. Okay. Oh, yeah. Fun,
3: fun. <laughs> okay. So, you guys, you guys, so That's why
0: yeah we'll 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 do an episode on that on on the first uh on on the first episode of that show how about that
2: yeah well i'll be live streaming from a retirement village by the time you do
0: (laughs) okay so (laughs) we're gonna move on to the next segment We are Science Fiction Retinent. This is the Funny
2: Science Fiction Podcast.
0: We are the Caribbean Science
4: Fiction Network.
2: We are Monorats.
4: We are One Accord Level 2 Podcast.
2: This is Jesse from Sudden But Inevitable and Open Pike Night. This
0: is Sci-Fi. And on this segment, um, what we want to do is we want to point out the fact that we have the hashtag. This is sci-fi hashtag and is amazing. If you guys have not been in it, you should go in it. Um, People that like hashtag (laughs) hashtag, 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 this is sci-fi. You have heard Ray talk about in many, many episodes in the past where he says is overwhelming the amount of topics that you can talk in there. Um, And it's great. It's great because at the beginning you know, if you follow this show since season one, you know that it was hard for me to find a community, and I don't know why it was so hard, Ray. I don't know if you have a thought as to why. Um, usually, when you go online, you find the, the communities isolated and in, in silos, where you have okay, this is a sci- this is a Star Trek community, this is a um, <clears throat> a Star Wars community, but there's no mix into the communities, and that's something that I found um, challenging at the beginning because I. I, I love sci-fi, you know, I love Star Wars, I love Star Trek, I love Galactica.
3: But you, you will find yourself, like, finding dead ends most of the time, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would find a a, a, a IP, a group dedicated to a specific IP, but no group in general that talks about everything. And, and I miss that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the reason why we created the hashtag This is Sci-Fi, which I'm happy to say that right now is is very big. Um, and it's, yeah. it's a great opportunity for, if you're a creator of any type of sci-fi and I invite, you know, um, if you're a writer, if you're a movie maker, if you are a podcaster, yeah,
3: absolutely. I'm sorry. We are gods, so we create.
0: Then <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just just go in there and, and and post your creation with the hashtag. This is sci-fi, and 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 fans will go into that fan and uh, will go into the hashtag and discover your um your content. Um, this is something that I have discovered in the hashtag. I have gotten people commented in the past, were saying, "Oh wow, I wasn't aware of that." You know, before. Um. This is great. I'm gonna pick it up, and then they come back and said, "Oh my God, I I discovered this, uh, 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 thanks to the hashtag." I, I think Ray Angelus mentioned this in the last episode how he discovered a couple of things, including some podcasts that he would never ever known before if it wasn't for the hashtag. So yeah, yeah he did. So yeah, it, it's I'm glad that it's working, but it's it's peace of mind to me because finally I have a way. It, a, a location where I can go and get my sci-fi fixed. So I like to point out some things that I have experienced for this week. Um, if you guys have experienced something, you're welcome to join in. Um, a couple of things. Obviously, the the Warehouse 13 episode had created a uh, momentum in the hashtag. Uh, we're starting to discuss... Um, a lot about that episode and a lot about that TV show which is which I love, and I think Rosalita even tweeted at at uh, Eddie McClintock to see if he wants to come in on our show so I don't know mm. that that could be awesome. We can have Pete
4: <laughs> yeah
0: um the other thing that I noticed that we were talking and this is uh, this is sci-fi hashtag um a potential crossover between lower, Star Trek Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with those two, uh, but I am excited. I, I'm really happy if they will do something like that.
2: Um, have you guys seen those two oh, shows? It, it's worked well. Well, I was just going to say, it's worked well in Star Wars with having live-action versions of characters that were uh, only uh, in uh, animated series. Um, I, I believe that that's been very popular, like yes. Ahsoka, for example. Oh, so, yes. Uh, doing the same thing in Star Trek would make a lot of sense, I think. Yeah. A- any thought? Um, oh, and, and just, just go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, just while we're on the the subject of the uh, the hashtag and the uh, the the big conversation, the, the sci-fi conversation, um, it's it's just come to light uh, that um, Michelle Nichols has passed. Yeah, yes. uh, played Uhura in the original Star Trek so Val Michelle Nichols she was a trailblazer and a fantastic artist and uh, she will be missed yeah I was just well, I
3: saying
1: go ahead Dennis she had the first She, I was going to bring that up too and she had the first interracial kiss back in the day and you know she was a trailblazer in her own right well, was she 89 years old
4: before
1: yeah. she passed? God bless her
4: natural
0: causes too. How about that? Yeah. I uh, I I think I I tweeted earlier um as soon, as soon as I found out um I joined the Star Trek community in mourning cuz um it, it's, it's really sad news. I, I you know she she was a great great person. So
4: yeah.
3: Well, we remember for the things that she's done and for the good that she spread over the world i think that, that's how i would like yes. to be remembered that's why we come here too it's for what we will be remembered after we've gone. yeah yeah legacy exactly awesome exactly most people are gonna think of me and just laugh this guy was a clown <laughs>
2: <laughs> well you're and a so that's okay
3: but i made him laugh I, I stole a laugh out of that man <laughs> My <Mind>
0: control. <laughs> okay, so, um, go. Giancarlos, I think yours is next.
4: Uh, shout out. Okay, so mm-hmm. we have and for for the for
3: the for for this episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. But so, so we have some shout outs that we would like to mention for the episode. Uh, some more folks that are always involved in our show and always engaging in conversations. Many a weirdo. We always like having conversations with her. I enjoyed the episode with her. Uh, last uh, she us.
0: I'm sorry to interrupt
3: you. You sound What's muffled.
0: Are you covering oh. your mic?
3: Okay, no.
0: Now sounds better. Go ahead. Repeat it. Would you repeat what you said?
3: No, so I was just uh, mentioning Manny Pixie Weirdo and how I always enjoy the conversations with her. Like, her show is great. I love her content. And I mean, uh, there's a lot of similarities in how at least me and her see things throughout life. So I do always enjoy a good conversation with her. The last conversation that she joined us uh, was fun, wasn't
4: it?
0: yeah it, it was a, it was a fun it was really fun to have her on our show and i really enjoy her podcast i i actually listen to every episode as soon as it yes. releases
3: she's a great Man, supporter you listen to a lot of podcasts what else do you do besides listening to podcasts
0: well you know i i when i work you know i work in an office so it's it, it makes the day go fast so i have a lot of podcasts on my list So, hey, I
3: might, I might have to, to copy you.
0: Yeah, it's... So, it's...
3: in the next... Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. no. no, no. I was just going to continue with the shout-outs. Tell me you. I
0: uh, know. I was just going to say, you know, uh, thank you for uh, to Manic Pixie Weirdo because she's always um, supporting our show. Um, and, oh, yes. And also, I would have to say the same thing for Cinema Recall. Um, that show is... Yes for it's,
3: the next
0: one Yes. Um they they're really supportive and, and they have a great show. We had them for season one and yeah we're gonna have to come back with them. They, you know for season two they're gonna have to come back to our show. Um so oh, yes
3: uh, let's we see if we can make
0: let's see if we can make that happen
3: I love their that the dynamic and, and how how the conversation flows with them too. It's just fun. And entertaining and like it's easy going. That's that's the best part of it. When the conversations are easy, they're not difficult. You don't find yourself like trying to look for thoughts. It just flows. Mm-hmm. Chem- chemistry, you know. Yeah. Good vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh,
4: <clears throat>
0: okay. So we have obviously we, and um, let's see, the the sci-fi wise guys. Great, great show. Um. We were actually sharing a spot number one in good pass for best sci-fi uh podcasts and uh, best Why are you shouting
3: out to people that are actually competing with us?
0: Well it's that competition if,
3: if you're in sci-fi you <laughs> I know, know I I just messing with you.
0: <laughs> if you're in sci-fi it's no competition. You know, we're sharing the number one spot. In uh, good Pods as no best fiction and best science fiction podcast with um, funny science fiction podcast and uh, sci-fi wise guys has been one of the one of the two, uh, and I couldn't be happy to share that number one spot because uh, they're great, great, great shows. So we have E. Lee Zimmerman. uh If you're not familiar with them, they uh, there are the. Uh, owners of the this is, uh the sci-fi history.net website um which in the past they have actually wrote a um a piece about our show um great supporters um Angelus, um also we couldn't go an episode without mentioning him um,
4: <laughs>
0: Yes. Yeah, so All of
4: yeah
0: yeah um I'm jealous <laughs> um adam lloyd uh, of course, we gotta mention sudden butt and open pike night. You know, we 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 have to. It's, it's just you know a rule right now. Uh, Mona Rance, uh we really love the engagement, um, and hopefully, we can have them on our show for for season one pretty soon.
3: And, and last but not least, I want to mention somebody that has a special place on my heart, Nikki.
0: Nikki. Thank you, Niki. Um, and yeah, we're going we to have to have Niki. We're going to see
3: how we can get her to do another episode with her, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So,
3: okay. So it's this... going to be interesting to see Ray's uh, reaction to her. Because oh. she's always so sexy and everything. with the character.
4: <laughs> so, I guess you're right.
0: She's, yeah, she's great. <laughs> she is great. She's, she is great, she's a dream, it? man. She's a dream. Yeah.
3: She's always in character, like doing the sexy voice. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, and, and I do have to have I do have to post a warning. Um, I recommend her show, but only if you're a, over 18 and mm-hmm. you do not want to listen to this at work. You want to put headphones on. You want, might want to put I the volume it on without on. headphones. Exactly. So I do recommend her show. Just be warned that it's not the type of show you want to be uh, listening in public. Um, OK, so yeah. let's go to the next segment.
4: the outer remnant
0: okay so in the outer remnants this is where we tell you if you can have enough of our voices where you can find us unfortunately I haven't been anywhere else being busy with the show um, not sure if G- G and Carlos have been somewhere else but we know what Ray has
3: been at no you don't <laughs> <laughs> we know what you did
4: last summer no no, what you no. Summer. I, I got
2: what i got wifed over the weekend so um yeah i didn't get to go anywhere i, I had to you know do, do the husband thing so uh no i i actually wasn't on the, um, radio chaos this weekend uh and um for the start of radio cast neither was Angelus, who's my co-host who was uh n- was uh hosting for that one and his alarm didn't go off so he wasn't there when the show started (laughs) so yeah he he had a lot of fun oh you you get the tail in the face too yeah i was noticing that that. (laughs) Uh,
1: i've got i've got two aliens that usually visit me whenever i'm working so auditions with them or podcasts somebody makes an appearance so
2: nice yeah yeah, I've I've got a pushy yeah. cat. He's he's not a pussy cat. He's a pushy cat. He comes and meows at he's me when he. He's a pushy makes cat. <laughs> yeah, and, and Next, the other one, the, the other, other one, one loves my back baby. stretches. So she's she's always getting a tail in my face when I'm on the <laughs> podcast. That's exactly
4: me.
1: <laughs> Next year, I turned the year this month. Wow, uh, this had the birthday. Oh.
2: Yeah, my, my cats are over 10, so we stopped counting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: yeah. There you go. Oh. Uh, but yeah, no, I didn't get didn't get to go on anything else this week, uh family. So
0: uh, I have a feeling that's gonna change for our, uh pretty soon. We we have been invited to a couple of other podcasts, so Ooh. okay, so nice. uh I guess are you guys ready? This is um that way. Hell yeah! <laughs> I, I I was excited. I would have to say because this show is amazing, and I can recall back when the show first aired, and I could say I did not understand it uh because since this is an i p that I like um i I wanted more right and when you go in and and you and you look at like obviously now because um uh, they have all the episodes out now um you notice that they only did um six episodes, and I wanted more,
3: but I feel like I feel like they did the, the season partially.
0: Well, what right? I what I understand and there might be more soon. Well, so. definitely that, that you know we kind of hope that they'll do a season two, um, but what I understand, which makes a lot more sense, and, and I'll say this now, and you guys let me know if you agree with this or if you have a different thought. Uh, but the way that I look at it is. It seems to me based on other shows that I have seen from Disney Plus that they're just doing a really long movie and splitting it into into episodes. And knowing that
3: that's how Mando fails. with Boba Fett.
0: Yeah. What, what what is your thought? Should we go around and, and 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 give our thoughts on how um I mean by now we have so many episodes out. We have The Mandalorian, we have Boba Fett. Um, so, and they're kind of done in the same way. It seems like this one, for some reason, is a lot less than the other ones. But even at that, they don't go like your typical season where you can get 16, 20 episodes. Um, who wants to go first? I think
3: my thought, I go first. I already have it on the tip of my tongue. My thought with these shows uh, and, and the director behind it is. Uh, basically is so rich in so many elements that it brings on the story that it makes you feel like you're watching a movie you know but when you put that aside it's not really a movie you're watching uh, a series it's uh, it has a transition in each episode that doesn't you uh, with that savor that you have when you have a movie the movie is a continuum from beginning to end. Uh, but I think that that's what makes it so, so much like feeling like a movie. It's like what I used to feel when I started watching shows from HBO or new shows that uh, Netflix are coming up with that are very high quality. And it makes you feel like watching a movie, you know?
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: De- Dennis, you have a thought about that, or a comment about what I...
1: Sure, sure. I, I think you know. As as I was as was just said, there's, you know. I mean, look at, the, um, not not to throw a curveball, the '80s version versus 2021. Danny Villeneuve, you know, they're trying to squeeze two books into 90 minutes. Here, Danny is and did two hours. So there is. There's a lot to squeeze in. They truly are mini-movie. They, they truly are. I mean, they're, you know, Dave on Favreau. You know, I I love what they do. Now, I, I'm from a canon perspective, my son is all about the canon. And mm-hmm. he's got to interact that way. I'm more of a fan where I just enjoy, excuse me, cat Cross of I I look at it from that perspective. I mean, I will be the next Man, just in the universe. I <laughs> I will be hey. the next Mandalorian. But uh, it is a living. There's a there there's a lot to squeeze in. You know, you can how many how many years did they shoot for for right? And they banged out all the movies at once. Lot to cover, and uh, I just I, I'm really jazzed as the and even to you know Ahsoka that's coming out and just everything else that they're going to be rolling. So I'm, I'm excited for it. It it gives you enough from my perspective, and you know and and from a filmmaking perspective, I really think that's what you deliver a solid message. You deliver a solid. You know, a uh, uh, short film wanting more until they come back.
0: Yeah, and, and it surely feels that way. Every one of those um, shows, yep. uh, every episode feels. I, I mean, it. the quality of it is it's big screen quality,
3: immersive. Yeah, it takes you away totally. It's just like it, just what you mentioned, Rob, big screen. He it just he's a rapture. Uh, that's what what I felt with Mandalorian for sure. When I was watching Mandalorian, was the first of all well, that I started watching. But that's what I felt from it. You know, it's like it's like a rapture. Like it takes you away. It's like you are in that world while you're watching the show. Yeah, yeah. That feeling, man. Yeah, it's, it's like with and with the worst days, part. With the worst part is you finish the show and you get depressed. Cause it's just like
2: yeah,
3: that thing that was fulfilling yeah. your heart done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like you were on vacation, like, and now you're pulled you remember,
3: back. Exactly,
1: vacation's over. We we'll you remember really. Denny Villanu was upset? Was upset that, that Dune Two was coming to HBO Max because it was made for the big screen, made you know for that mm-hmm. rapture to pull you in. Yes, yeah, you know for the for the big big screen experience. You know, I I saw it doing five times on the big screen. i have home on my, on my window, awesome. whatever size TV, so it's they pull you in. It it is a rapture, and then when yeah. when they're done, feel for from my perspective, I get lost. If if you can pull me in and rapture what you have going on as an art. I'm lost in the story. I'm lost, so I don't enjoy it like a like a regular fan. If you're not pulling, I'm shaking. I'm add. I can't sit still. So yeah, me <laughs> do.
4: I
0: I agree. I agree with that.
3: Uh, Ray And I'll tell you something. I've learned. i learned from from service industry. It doesn't matter the product that you deal. It's the customer experience and service that you provide, what's going to set you apart from anybody in the market. Yep. So if you're an actor, if you are selling ice, if you're selling water, anything, what's going to set you apart is going to make that customer not care to pay even more for your product because they like the service they get. Is that the experience of the service.
0: Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, uh, Ray. Uh, uh, not sure if you had anything to add to that comment. How? Uh, it's, it, and I'm very curious, coming from you, because you're in the facts. He's he's actually seen this show for the first time. Now I don't know if you've seen the other
2: Disney Plus shows. So oh, it, I've se- I've seen both seasons of *The Mandalorian* awesome. and um and *Boba Fett*. So yeah. I've, I, I'm I'm somewhat up to date with the live action. I'm I'm behind with some of the animated ones, but uh,
0: oh okay. okay, the live
2: action ones I've been keeping up with. Although I've only seen this one episode because I thought, well, I'm sure that everybody's just slammed all the episodes. But you said we were going to talk about this one episode, so I thought, yes, i just watch the one. One episode. I nah, what's the half than you guys? I'm that guy that does that
3: that does poor homework man. I just eat that one episode.
0: <laughs> no, but you know, Ray, um, th- not it, this this question is not really um, specific to um Kenobi. Um it's basically yeah. the question was like, you know, shows like The Mandalorian and, and the Boba Fett, they're all done around the same way where yeah. you only got a few. Uh, episodes, it, it, which is not typical to a normal TV show, where it has 18, 20 episodes. It's actually a lot closer to anime if you think about it, right?
2: Or some anime. Yeah. So, so. Um, True. the way I look at it as a storyteller myself is that, um, going from the original experience, which was three movies, right? So, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. When I was a kid, I had the albums, like the, the LPs of the stories of the movies. And they were they were like cut-down versions of the story where they had the audio and a narrator filling in the gaps. Right? Nice. So this is before CDs, boys and girls, you know, way back when <laughs> you, you get the album <laughs> and put it on the turntable and put the needle on. And the music, the, 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 um, 20th century folk thing. Nice. As soon as that started, you'd be like. That's the one. I was, so, oh. I was so excited about Star Wars. I had listened to this so many times that I could quote it. Oh, wow. I had it memorized. <laughs> and, um. Uh, uh, actually, when I was in fifth class, we, we were asked to come up with something to do for a school fate. So what I did was we had this little annex area. So I actually had them re- the, these albums recorded to cassette. And I set up a listening area where people could come and pay like 10 cents. It's way back when, when 10 cents actually meant something. And um, they come in and listen to it. And I, I was just playing them in there and people would, would you know, they'd been running around doing stuff and they wanted a break. So they'd pay 10 cents to come in and listen to a bit of Star Wars uh, nice. and then go again. And I'm, sh- I'm sure I was breaching about a billion copyright things. But, you know, I, I was fifth class, man. So, so I was like 11, so I had no clue about that. But um, it, it was... And this was sort of interesting because I got to talk to people I'd never talked to before about Star Wars, and this was kind of like how the hashtag is now with meeting people who have that interest that you otherwise wouldn't have met over something like like, uh, an IP that you really like. But um, this is how hooked into the story I was, but there wasn't very much of it. I read A Splinter in the Mind's Eye, which was that that novel that came after the first Star Wars movie where... um, uh, I think a Darth Vader crashes on Endor, or not, not Endor, um, uh, on a on a moon um, near the Rebel base, and Luke goes down there or something. Like that. It, I read it so long ago, I don't remember the details. But there's so little at that time uh, around Star Wars. Now we've we've got this um, this huge mass of material, hundreds and hundreds of hours. Of of Star Wars. So um, unless you've really kept up with it, there's always something you can go and find new. There's the, the huge canon of books that um were, were sort of made non-canon with a slash of a pen, which uh, I thought was pretty lousy considering the amount of work that those writers had put into those things and the amount of yeah. love. Um but um you know that's that's corporations for you, they do what they like, but that material is still there, and you can still go and read it, and it is still Star Wars. So, thinking about it in in that way, I feel that uh, there's two ways to go about enjoying an IP that's that's been around for this long and has this much breadth of material, and the, that is the 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 um, shallow but wide, or the um, the the thin but deep. So when there wasn't very much Star Wars material, you would listen to it over and over again. you watch it over and over again. I had the videotapes, VHS videotapes that I'd watched until yep. they were wrecked of Star Wars, the three original Star Wars movies. And you you would just know everything about yep. it. you saw the, the stormtrooper bang his head on the door in the Death Star in the original movie. You knew about that because you'd seen it hundreds of times. Uh, and you'd, you'd heard them talking over each other because that's that's the way that George Lucas wanted. He wanted natural conversations, not people waiting for other people to stop before they started talking, which is, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, we talk over each other all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's natural, and, and that's the way he wanted it. Um, so you, you knew more about it. You knew um, all the little nuances and details and you can quote sections of, of each of the movies and that sort of thing and and I find that these new series which are short you know it's 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 mm-hmm. a single arc there's something that happens and something that gets resolved but you're revisiting these characters that are well loved and you're getting a little bit more of a look into all these gaps in the story and they're filling little bits in here and there and I kind of um, uh, compare it to uh, when archaeologists are doing a dig and they're discovering small bits of history and sort of piecing them together and working out what was happening from these little snippets. And, And I find these little bits of story to be really telling in that they have this real richness of the history of Star Wars in them which um, Dave Filoni is really good at drawing out and making sure that, you know, the, for example, everybody got super excited in the Mandalorian where they had that, um, that pole with the lumps on it, which was originally seen in the Death Star trash compactor, and it was there in Moss Eisley, and they walked past it. Uh, and it's like uh, <laughs> there it is. No, no, you know, and it's all connected. You see these little connections that have lovingly been put into these shows. So you know where it comes from. And I, I gotta say that I I'd sort of been interested in Kenobi from the buzz that was around it, but then it took so long to come out, I sort of lost track of it. And then yeah, yeah. I, I sort I didn't rush into it because I, I'd sort of lost the momentum. I was watching anime and 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 then when we started to do this i'm like why are we why are we starting star wars this massive breadth of material with kenobi and it's like oh uh, it's because um because dennis wanted to do that one i'm like oh okay well that, we'll, we'll start. <laughs> start somewhere we'll start there and then and then it's it came on and the music came up and you get that little tingle in the back yeah. of the brain. it's like Oh yeah, Star Wars music. This is Star Wars music. <laughs> and, and then and then the, the, the sort of the cuts come out and, and you see the, 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 the widescreen breadth of the of the landscapes of Tatooine and and yeah. you go oh yeah yeah this is scratching an itch. oh <laughs> yeah oh yeah and oh, you yes. and Ewan McGregor steps up and you're like Obi-Wan <laughs> there he is and and it's all these little joys of coming back to things that you've enjoyed in the past, and it's all there. And but it, it's it's like fine wine. You don't want to drink <laughs> a, a flagon of fine wine. You want to sip from a small bottle that's got that beautifully refined flavour. And and that the, there it is in his glass that you enjoy. And I don't think you need a lot of it. I think these little stories, these these well-crafted, uh, joyous stories that have that melancholic tinge of all the other stuff that's been going on that that pops up in the back of your brain are so well-crafted and enjoyable that um, they're like a, a small bottle of fine wine. It's just a fantastic thing that you don't need too much of. So, wow. so that's sort of the way I feel about it.
1: Yeah. That is a great, great, analogy. That that was an amazing analogy. You know, I like the way you articulated that. That that was that, that was amazing. I mean, my main nineteenth of ninety nine, when uh, when episode one came out, and, and rates are pretty high, but uh, um, no one got that joke. Uh, when <laughs> I, whenever. came out on Wednesday it would come here I set my alarm to get up just to watch it and and I can share with my son and I can share with you gentlemen and I can share that that really are knowledgeable now my son always said to me what's the cartoon I did not Rebels um the Clone Wars Wars because Clone Wars answers a lot of questions and fills in a lot of the gaps. Rogue One, right? Rogue One was very different than everything else. Why? Okay, but then it also kind of introduced to how how to uh, to New Hope and what was going on. Now with uh, with Endor. if you watch Clone Wars, you know we know what happen with uh with ahsoka bruised and everything else but it's just it's it's at a point now it's just and i look forward to sharing it with my, my grandkids if i'm ever so blessed but it, it what i love about george lucas when he created uh industrial light and magic create that because technology had to catch up to his vision yeah Right? think about that such a vision a vision he's such a dynamic creator the analogy to catch up to his vision and now we're reaping the benefits of it well you know watching watching can' be you're, you're killing me too but when it came out you know I all together and now they have it all together I think it's a two and a half hour movie or hour, or they did episode. It took me on on that on that ride. You know, I was depressed. I was so depressed. And that, as I said earlier, I watched it a few times. You know, here here's a Jedi Master, the best in the universe. Yeah. He bested Anakin by far, the best in the universe. He bested Anakin. And what's he he's making sashimi? Yeah. <laughs> mm.
4: Hey
0: those space the space whales they, they look pretty yummy. I, I just I just I'm have just say, wondering how that thing's not going
2: it. off <laughs> sitting in the desert like that. <laughs> really. <laughs>
1: exactly. Barbecue and have sushi. Okay? <laughs> Stay away from the sushi at the barbecue. Yeah, I mean it's it just, just the whole thing, just watching it. He's now a shell. By far one of the most elegant, well-rounded Jedi magic. He was feared. He was revered. He was respected. And that's You know, Uncle Owen, we kind of knew where that would go with him. Mentality. You know, he doesn't, you know, he's a fun Armor. that's that's what he's all about that's what he
3: and um simple guy you know huh he 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 reflects to me the idea of an of what a, an enlightened person is he's a simple person that has discovered all the secrets and he has such greatness when it comes to power but he lives in handles himself in a most simplistic way
1: yeah plus you know? is elegant Start, you know, so more, <laughs> yeah, so much more out there to experience. Like I can't sit still. You know, I'm I is the entrepreneur, I'm the entrepreneur. I can't sit still. My my father, nine to five job, so on and so forth. So is he the uncle Owen to my? I like that analogy, just made that analogy. Um And and then you have, which it doesn't focus on young Luke yet. I would argue there really is no focus on young Luke. Um, You know, this, this, See, know, Organa truly shows uh, the undisciplined, Mm -hmm. you know, wrestling out there. (laughs) What I enjoyed about it. I'm a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. Make his acting cameo. I was laughing my butt off when I first saw him. I was
4: like, oh, all right.
1: But, you know, and and for, not to give it all away, but for himself and, and really not be up for a challenge, it's the antithesis, right? He's always the first one headlong into the battle, um, you know, leading... Leading the troops, leading, leading in the vanguard, and saying, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not the man I used to be. I'm a shell of a man I used to be." Later in the season, he is still the man.
3: So he kind of goes, yeah.
0: Well, you know, I, I I would have to agree. Also, I wanted to add that. I think what is bringing the most success, this is something that we just spoke just a few minutes ago. Um, and I like to just point it out is how we spoke about the fact that there is so much hunger for this IP that most creators now yeah. are trying to plug in the areas uh, where there's missing parts of the story and how we mentioned Rogue One. I can tell you.
3: That feel that feel that Ray just described when there's so little that you just rewatch and rewatch. Mm-hmm. I, I felt that. Mo- most fans, no matter what you like, you experience that. But you rewatch the only thing you have yeah. because you want yes. more, but there's no more. But I And can... this is Christmas for Star Wars oh. fans because
0: Yes. Um I can tell you firsthand when I saw A New Hope. Um, Episode four for the first time. I had, I wondered about Kenobi. It's like, okay, he's an old hermit. He's been here all his life. So I was like, okay, we'll learn eventually about it, I guess. Then the first movies came out and I saw when episode one came out, I saw, oh, finally, we're going to get to the stories that I always wondered about. You know, I love the, the the whole IP, but at that point, there's a lot of me mis- there, there are a lot of pieces of the story that were missed, and they did a good job, especially at giving you the story of Anakin and how he was as a kid, how he was as a teenager. You know what happened to him, and then episode three ended, and I'm like, okay. Um, I still don't know about Kenobi. So I remember mm. I was so excited when they said, we're going to do a show about Kenobi. And I remember, because they're you know how Disney is, they're not going to mention anything about, you know, and, and I'm like, I'm crossing my fingers. And I'm saying, I hope they talk about, there's no other way they can go. He ha- they have to talk about him in Tatooine and his life in Tatooine, and what happened. And that's what I've been missing since I saw uh, episode four, you know, back when. Um, and, and I was excited when I saw the trailers because I saw, yes, they're actually not necessarily listening to me, but I guess they're listening to the fandom and giving the fandom what they needed. Yes, we're going to show you what Kenobi was like, what was his life, yeah. There after he got, Don't it, it mess be... it up
3: because he will damage the continuum of the story. Right? I'm sorry. He will mess it up if they don't follow through the continuum of the story because, like, it will be like people will feel like this is something else. It's not probably one. It's not worse.
0: I, I uh, and and Ray, tell me if, if if you agree with this. I think that there's still a lot out there. Like for example, another question that I had is uh, after. Luke was trained. What happened to Leia? You know, I don't know what process, what the schooling she went to train as a Jedi. I don't know what happened to her after she was left in, Leia. In...
3: Leia was kidnapped and then she was just passed around the United States to fulfill <laughs> many guys' fantasies. But. <laughs> Wait, I,
1: I missed that episode. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you you is get that... you get used to Giancarlo if you spend enough time with him. That left field is his, <laughs> his, his, his boss, boss he, and guys. That's where he lives.
0: He keeps to us the, in our the, toes. I to say.
3: Take, take, <laughs> out, take out take on out of nine guys. So backwards. <laughs> How <fantasy laughs> all
2: I, I must admit I had Leah in the slave girl outfit on my wall when I was a teenager. I will admit.
0: <clears> throat> 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 yeah, am yeah.
2: So, so, so unpc it hurts, one? but there you go. Well, <laughs> <it's> it st- <laughs> I wasn't the only one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> it's a, it's a
0: staple
3: I
1: I- in sci-fi,
0: okay. you know?
3: When you see yeah. me the theme,
4: like that, like, like when she was walking towards you, like... a little kid. <laughs> that, that funny. But,
0: you know, going back to the topic, like what you know, happened like... to Leia after she got dropped in in uh, Alderaan and, and became part of the Organa family? That's another question that I have. That from, you know, long, long before, and they still today... Haven't really ex- explored until Kenobi. They give you; they're giving you a lot more now, obviously. But like, well, mm-hmm. go ahead.
1: Senator Bill Organa mentions it in episode you no know, because Leia's cousins going going at her. You're not a real Organa.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Her father's like, "Time out! You're gonna go to university. You're gonna go to uh, senatorial school, whatever that means." and you're going to be a you're going to be a rule this planet and your cousin be kissed in your butt because you're going to be ruling them. he, he kind of laid that out, out. but what I, what I love about the I well first off this was amazing by the way yeah you know if you haven't seen all of it she is just super named but I, I just follow her career she's amazing and what, what is she maybe 10 so, Bill again, kind of did mention kind of Leah's life track. Uh, what what I'm missing is between, say, episode five, when Luke says, that it my father? Oh, my gosh. He's, he's your father. Yeah. And there's one sister, And that's you. And we'll talk later. So, you know, school of Yoda, no. Did she go to the school of Luke, per se? Had his own temple, his own university where where he failed with Kylo. So was Leah one of his first pupils? I, I would argue they, from a political perspective, had just learned how to be more as we see towards the later episodes, the latter episodes, where a force-sensitive individual, I can see her swinging a light Luke pretty much taught her how to channel it and how to be more in tune. When Han Solo died, she was aware of it. When when Kylo Ren, when this happened, right? Mm -hmm. Just like people of all... On when the planet was blown up, so there's and and I, I'm really happy that Bob Iger from Disney did the deal with Lucas because I'm just I'm so happy that every you know five ten years to come out with a new movie you know Disney is cranky so oh yes from a pure non non canon fan perspective if I'm tickled pink. <laughs> I'm excited.
0: So Yeah, I I do have to agree with that. Um it, it's it's like uh they're pumping them like a like a well-oiled machine. And and that's well, then, that's amazing yeah. for fans. Because like Ray just mentioned, before yeah. we only have a few things and we have to re rewatch and rewatch. <laughs> now you can take your pick. And and, and it's it's amazing. It's it's like I think Giancarlo's yeah. pointed out perfectly: um, it's Christmas.
2: Hmm. So with these generational hmm. stories, where you've got, uh, as um, as Dennis was saying, you know, he he's excited to one day share this story with uh, with his grandchildren. But when you have generational stories with movie makers, that you would like them to just keep telling this story and expanding it and telling more and more facets and filling in the gaps and everything like that. But you've got to understand that when this, this whole universe belongs to one person, George Lucas, that he will maybe get sick of it at some point and want to do something else, which is completely understandable. So it is actually good for the fans that other people have taken on the mantle and want to continue telling these stories, be it, you know, a corporation like Disney or storytellers like um, John Filoni who want more mm-hmm. of this stuff to get out there. It's great for the fans. But also right. the, the love that these people have. And I mean, you can tell between, you know, continuations of stories where people are just doing it for the bucks. Uh, you can see it in the, in the rawness of the story that they don't have the love for it. And you can see in the creation of these shows like um, Mandalorian and Boba Fett and now uh, Kenobi, that the love that the creators have for this IP and the story and how they want it to resonate, they want it to be part of the greater canon. They don't want it to be a, a cash grab. They want it to be remembered for years to come that this is part of the greater story. And they put that love into it with the music and the shot composition and the the the, the maturity of the scenery the, the script mm-hmm. the maturity of the script yeah. i mean i've watched one episode and i already know that this thing is is loved it was created with love you can see that they didn't rush into the story um no. uh, I, I actually just want to stop here and, and give the the um the, the overlay of the of the episode because we haven't done this yet so do you oh want yeah just before
0: uh, before you episode- before you do that let me let me add one yeah. just one more thing that i think in part of what you just said what really works for this the storytelling and these stories that we're getting is the fact that because this is just like you said a generational story we have enough time to have people in power to be able to continue the legacy they are or were fans back in the day. So you have people that yes, are working exactly. on the show and they're they're fans. They were just like us. They had just the three stories and they had to rewatch and rewatch. And now they became actors, they became directors, they became and now they're in the position where they can continue that. And I think that adds to the love of the IP because they're fans. Yeah and they have now the ability to create content from the point of view of a fan. So I I just have to say that. Can I
1: add, can I add something to that from a, from a a business perspective? Mm -hmm. If you look at series, like everything that that's coming out and, and, you know, if there's so much content, there's so much stuff going on out there and having a, you're not going to see a lot of A-listers, and you know what I mean by A. Have one or two names to really anchor the show or the series. These for different actors to come up. You know, was was the best one. Dune. Look at what look at what Disney's doing, which might have one or two names actors that you identify with actors that you know their ensemble are relatively unknown. I'm not gonna say newer actors but where they're now given an opportunity to really shine and to work with the IP. We have some great directors.
0: Yeah. I, so,
1: I, I would have that's, to... that's why every podcast I get asked, you know, what what what's the role that you want? I go, I am I'm the Mandalorian. Really? I go, well, they don't know it yet, but I am. <laughs> I put it out. So.
0: And, and you know, it's a funny It's funny that you mentioned that because I want to point this out and, and get their opinion on, on Ray and Giancarlos, but I want to see you as a badass Mandalorian with the, the full suit <laughs> and the jet pack. Uh, I, Giancarlos, if you see that and video... And the head
3: with the uh, scratches. Oh, yes. <laughs> You Done. take your you yeah, take your helmet shit.
0: off, and it's like you have a, a big old you know uh, s-
3: scar. <laughs> I on my finger.
2: What? What, <laughs> are I, I, sorry, Robert, <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm I'm sorry, Robert. You're wrong. He's never taking his helmet off. What are you talking about? Well, well, that's... it is
1: the way. It is the way. <laughs> well, <laughs> it is the way. Just saying. <laughs> and and last time I looked has been bombed out and you can't get you can't get underneath the city to go and land yourself just saying it is the way <laughs> so uh, the
4: do
0: way. you guys agree with he this I, I mean i see it i, I think i saw <laughs> since i saw the video that he sent me i'm going to send it to you guys i think you're going to enjoy it i can see this Thank i you. can see a badass mandalorian and i can say <laughs> when this happens because i'm putting it out to the universe when this happened and you come out on the episode we're going to come back and do the episode here in Science Fiction Remnant. Yeah.
1: I'll do one better. You're going to be on set with me. You'll do the episode. <laughs> do nice. Ooh,
2: nice. Right from set. Like that? Hey, <laughs> that man. Man, huh?
1: <laughs> I think any role. When this, when this comes out, you got to create a hashtag, the next man, Mandalorian. That'd be
2: cool. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Hey, 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 Dennis. I have a question for you. Yeah, sure. you, you, you did the whole dressing up for Halloween, trick or treating thing when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Did you ever play Boba Fett for Halloween? No,
1: I was. I I come from you know middle class Hudson County, New Jersey, Hudson County, same county as George R. Just saying. But no, we never, I mean, I would say back back in the day, um, there were a lot of kids that were creative, but I I just, I went out, you know, threw on a baggy shirt, put on some makeup I'm a bum.
3: Man just wanted his candy. (laughs) I
1: I was more of a social guy, C student, uh, more of a social guy the lack of a creative guy. I to do on Monday. I had my mother start doing it on Sunday night. So I kinda got into this aspect of it. I never pursued my creative aspect of college. I just um I, I just kinda pursued it as I my careers were uh, were kind of coming to an end. And I or I can go play somebody else. I can't wait for you guys. But uh, um, yeah, I just enjoy it. But no, unfortunately, I was in that cover sports guy, kind of straight seat student sports guy. But Star Wars, you know, how old were we back in the day? We're both 52. You know, that really get my got my motor running to be an actor. And just to see what's out there, to grow. So... Yeah. <laughs>
2: sure. No, I just, I, just devil, I, I just had this image of you. I just had this image of little Dennis dressed in, in the Mandalorian. You know, <laughs> that could have been awesome.
1: That would. <laughs> you should see, go to my IMDb, you should, see, you should see some of the wardrobe and stuff they have me. in. now it's it's crazy. It is crazy, but... Nice. I'm all about. I definitely wear the best car. I I'll wear the best car, steel and fun. I can't wait.
0: Nice. I, I, yeah, I, I, if you, I'm gonna send you guys the the link eventually. And you, you'll see what I mean. I'm. I, I see it. I, I just see it. It, it's like, you know, maybe next to Mando. I don't know. Uh, you know, but yeah, I, I still see it. So, I
4: gotta
3: see that man. I am getting curious.
2: Yeah. Uh, and, Thank and... you. I, I already had it open. <laughs> I do <did> my research. <laughs>
1: nice. Yeah, I told you. But a hashtag. But the guy a hashtag.
3: has a tag.
0: The, the next Mandalorian, this is but the I mean, way. There's,
3: there's one thing I really like about Star Wars uh, as a product, as a movie, as a series, is that you don't have to be geeky or fan or being too sci-fi to love. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars yeah. universe It's one of those things yeah. that it's like Marvels, you know. Like you don't have to be a superhero to enjoy and love a Marvel movie. <clears throat> Star Wars, same thing. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's something. It's a wholesale product that brings uh, several generations together because it's being created through them. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh. Uh, you know something? I I read. I really, uh, read it early on. Now, I'm a big... And when he wrote Dune back in the 60s, he also wrote out how to make a movie of that matter. Apparently, Lucas read that book. Spielberg read that book. Sorry. Don't, don't look. And as you were saying, Star Wars, it's not just subtle. It's religi- religiosity. It's environmental. It covers... Mm-hmm every aspect of the geopolitical spectrum going through today. It's only a thousand plus years in the future, whatever it is. But yep. uh mess is to today. Sorry. Yeah. All over the place. But I agree with you. You don't have to be, you know, you, you don't have to I don't like sci-fi. Well it's a humanistic story. So
3: yeah yeah yeah, no, yeah no, i mean the fact that something is sci-fi already makes it nitpick uh as a genre you know because there's yeah. so many genres and subgenres uh movies and and uh so basically that makes it nice because basically every, it's like everybody enjoys it you know it doesn't matter of who you are where you're from or Where are You Going, Yep, Star Wars, yep. you would enjoy at least one or two movies out of them.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. Without a doubt. Well,
2: so, so science doubt. fiction isn't the future of science and technology. It's the future of humanity. There's always a human element in there. Even, even if it's a story yep. about AI, they, they've come from us. We created them. They didn't just appear uh, out of nowhere. And if if they're AI from uh, another galaxy or somewhere that humans didn't create them, the story is about us meeting them. We're always part of the science fiction. If part of the science fiction is us. And there's always something relatable. So, uh, yeah, I, I just can't fathom yeah. that people can't relate to it because we're always in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Can I throw something out there? Oh. I, I just... We started filming a web series called And I am playing President Del Soto, the 50th president and the first Latin American president. And what is interesting about Latin American, we finally made contact and made contact. So it's it's exciting. When I got the script and uh, I read for the president, now you run for a higher office. I mean, I mean you got to be an egomaniac maniac to begin with. That's a whole nother. But to use <laughs> you
3: know, the script kind of run, like, got nothing lost.
1: <laughs> what you just said. <laughs> I, 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 I pray and hope this web series comes out. You know, I will be the first president to make contacts up to say nice nice
0: thank you uh ray i think we postponed um long enough (laughs) did you have the synopsis did you have a (laughs) chinese translation sorry no no i
2: don't have a chinese (laughs)
4: translation
2: for this one uh,
0: man you got us hooked to that (laughs) oh i didn't notice
2: um it hasn't come out yet um dennis but we did Alien the the original alien Ooh. movie uh this Ooh, was a couple of weeks okay. back and um uh i i'd happen to uh uh come across in oh one of the one of the sci-fi streams i think no actually it was the the alien um fandom group um on facebook had a a meme that was basically the um the back of the the dvd cover blurb for the original alien but it was a bootleg from china really and oh, wow. and the the i'll send it to you at the end of the stream uh but yeah, um, um <laughs> it was so funny <laughs> we were falling over laughing for about three minutes yeah uh, it was the, funny with with the uh bad translation so then um robert says oh just get get a blurb and run it through a couple of translators to mess it all up but <laughs> there, it's just not, it's <laughs> nothing like this this was just this was this was this was peak bootleg it and
0: for everybody stuff. listening if <laughs> you're curious about that episode it's going to be august six. so by now it, it probably aired um but yeah it was it was fun <laughs>
2: I don't know that we'll ever have that that qu- quite that amazing um mistranslation again, but uh, it, it was fantastic. But but speaking of which we probably should do the, the plot synopsis synopsis for this one, uh which I have here because uh, Wikipedia is my friend. Uh so uh the the plot <laughs> oh, synopsis for the the first uh episode of um uh Kenobi uh Ten years after Order 66, when most of the Jedi Order were killed, reclusive former Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi is hiding in a cave on Tatooine under the alias Ben. He works at a meat factory and watches over young Luke Skywalker, the son of the former apprentice-turned-enemy Anakin Skywalker, now living with his step-parents Owen and Beru Lars, despite Owen disliking Kenobi. Kenobi has also lost his connection to the Force, cannot communicate with the Force spirit of his deceased master, Qui-Gon Jinn, and experiences nightmares from his past. Inquisitor's fifth yeah, brother... Sorry? What was that?
3: <laughs> no, Qui-Gon.
2: Yeah, we Yeah. yeah. Uh, Inquisitor fifth brother and Rivera, led by Grand Inquis- the Grand Inquisitor, find a Jedi named Nari on Tatooine. Reva tries to kill Nari, resulting in a commotion allowing him to escape. The Grand Inquisitor berates her impulsive behaviour and obsession with finding Kenobi, widely believed to be dead, and orders her to stop focusing on Kenobi. Despite this, Reva hires a bounty hunter, Vect Nokuru, uh, and his gang to kidnap Princess Leia Organa from Alderaan to lure out Kenobi. Nari tries to get help from Kenobi but is rejected and is later hanged in the town. Meanwhile, Kenobi agrees to rescue Leah after her adoptive father, Bail Organa, visits his home. So this is basically the setup of the series where you've got um, Ben basically hanging out on Tatooine, keeping an eye on uh, Luke, uh, which, you know, is basically what we're told during uh, episode four, uh, and and this is an, an expansion of that. We actually see uh, the the actor um, from the th- uh, first three movie trilogy uh, acting what we were told from uh, episode four, uh, which which had uh, the older version of um, uh, uh, Ben Kenobi. So. It's basically the link between the two. It's the missing link in the chain of the story of the man who is um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So this this is the first time that we're seeing a link between the first three movies and, and the fourth movie, which is great. I I'm I, I can understand Robert's excitement with finally getting this bit filled in. And it and it's that that sort of filler, the 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 getting that link in the chain, like when I first saw uh, the, the, the scene where um, Boba Fett was escaping from the Sarlacc. We'd always yeah. been told he got away. And there's been comic books showing that happening, but we haven't seen it in live action until uh, the book of Boba Fett. So that was an exciting part of that. And again, here we're getting that link. That's That's the story after so many years coming together. And bridging that gap, so that that's why this series is so exciting. In that it, it's a it's a exactly. gap bridger.
0: Yeah. It, as as an empath, um, watching this story, I also felt really sad. And I don't know if you if you agree, <clears throat> and, and I know. Most people say, "Yeah, it, it, it might." You know, it is sad, but I, 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 actually felt it, and 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 that speaks volumes to the the work of um um Obi Wan Kenobi, the the Ian um, McGregor. Sure.
1: Um, you, you could you and McGregor.
0: Yeah, Eon McGregor. You can feel um, it almost. Well, I think it was PTSD, uh, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. His, his family, Anakin was his family. And you imagine what that does to your psyche, that not only are you betrayed to that level, and, and you want to save the only person that you know as family, um, a brother, and, and, and you end up killing that person yourself. That is the ultimate trauma, um, it, it, and all that. It, it, I I do have to uh, um, applaud Disney for starting the show with cuts from the or- original movie, because that kind of helps you guide the audience into what they are about to see. But not only that, but in the way that it was cut, it was cut perfectly. So you can follow along and see, okay, now this is what's going to happen next. But every time that I saw Ben's face throughout this episode, I felt it. I felt him. I felt, uh, I I almost felt the PTSD myself. Um, How it, it would feel to be that person that responsible for basically destroying the only family he has and 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 the pain that comes knowing that there was no way that you could do anything to bring that person back to you know from the dark um i'm kind of curious to see what level i felt it to the point where it, i i would have to say i was a, i was a little depressed and and um yeah when i was watching uh, throughout the series, you know, until like the very end when, when you can feel, which we, we eventually will talk about in other episodes, but during this episode I felt it to the point where it was affecting me personally and I was on the sofa and I just I just had to sit down there and process. I know that this is not the level that you guys normally, well, I don't know, maybe you do, but I know, you know, Ray and Giancarlo know me well enough to know that I am very empathic when it comes to stories that I see. And that's why what wow. I choose
3: You're my favorite delicate flower.
0: <laughs> well that's why I choose stories that don't end with a with the main character dies. Because it affects me I like to think a little bit more than the average person. But my my curiosity You had a rough is-
2: week last week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so my question for you is I like to think that you guys will act like a normal person. <laughs> and i'm curious to see oh, what no, your are person perspective... normal <laughs> no i know you're not there is no but... normal <laughs> but i like to uh, ask the question out there what was uh, your experience based on what i just said on this episode um, I'm, I'm looking at the, the uh, ben's
2: point of view it wasn't just the you know the action. it was also the music and the writing they were they were channeling that they were pushing that real hard they lent into it that he was he was shattered it's it's 10 years he's been dealing with that for 10 years and yeah. if you speak to any of, of any any conflict and it was a war he was a, he was a general in a war he was sent out yeah. there to lead the troops and deal with the separatists, and he didn't know that the guy who was running the show was destroying them from the inside. He yep. he he not only felt that he failed Anakin, but he failed the Republic, he failed his position as a Jedi, and that's weighing on him super heavy. He you can tell hey, by there the is way he that, a guilt
4: of
3: of oh, Qui Gon, because yeah, sure. Qui Gon was told not to train Anakin. And he took on him, anyways. And yeah. then Obi Wan inherited that decision.
0: Well, he did tell Obi Wan the boy must be trained.
3: Yeah, but Yoda told him that a lot of danger uh, was thinking of, of, of that decision. So Yoda actually didn't give him the blessing.
0: No. No, he but didn't. Qui-Gon,
3: yeah, Daring as, as always, and inquisitive, he took it on, anyways. It's the
1: whole hubris of the, of the Jedi. You have a Sith Lord right under your nose. Let's face it, it took how long for Darth Sidious to put this plan in place? Oh, I don't know. A few at lifetime. And it's the hubris of the Jedi they were supposed to be the the balance to keep the, the, the global war machine and not to be the global army. Their job was to keep, and they couldn't see under their nose. So, yeah, I mean, I blame them for being egoistic and going against Yoda. You know, they where, where, uh, Young Anakin was thrown over by uh Dark, like, all right, here he's over. Right? Anakin was taken out as a 10 year old by Dark when Qui Gon said, Fall and problem solved. The universe, it's bigger than that, it's the hubris. So, yeah, but unfortunately, we all been Kenobi, Obi Wan Kenobi, which is definitely, I mean, how it. PTSD, okay, and he's suffering. He is suffering. Episode one when the young Jedi came up to him and said, "Master, help me." He's like, "Well, you know," so he he turned his back on everything, and he's feeling the weight of the universe. You know, I you know stuff rolls downhill, but Yoda and Yoda's problem. Again, you know, Mace Windu, the entire Jedi Council. What if Anakin was allowed? What if Anakin, what if his council was truly taken? If they should respect, okay, because Ben Kenobi can still kick his ass. Ben by more talented than him, and he said it in an episode because... Because from a passionate perspective, than a strategic perspective, and that—that's why you. But I, I think it's, I think it's deeper than that. But poor Ben, before he sees you know quadragon, he takes on the, uh, you know, the whole pain. And and again, you know, in the last episode, I've got the high. He's gonna, you know, cut off. Off a limb or two or take him out you take your enemy out so that's i i i don't know i i don't think that issue will ever be <laughs> come up but it's the hubris of the council the hubris of 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 yegan jane being the rebel that he is so and poor ben kenobi like
2: yeah I have all, uh, all you have to do is imagine what it would be like to take your closest friend and have to strike them down because they're gone down the wrong path Yeah If, if you if you yeah. just think about that for a second and then having to yeah. deal with it on your own for yeah. 10 years the guy yeah. is in a dark dark place totally.
3: He'll fuck you fuck you up
2: I want to I want to ask yeah.
0: It, there's it, levels
1: of depression, but that's crazy. Yeah.
0: yeah. There there's something that Dennis said that, that that prompted me to ask this philosophical question. And this is probably link and Giancarlos might remember this on our episode on the arrival. You know how <clears throat> time travel and time travel stories, how they're like not really well thought out because you can't change what you think you need to change in the future. I mean, in the past to make your let future me, better. Let me
3: stop you right there. Let me stop you right there before I forget. I was told a different traveling machine that we have not thought of. The difference between a time traveling machine and a hyper-dimensional traveling machine.
0: Yeah, but he, hear me out. And, and, and I'm kind of curious to see your thoughts on this. And I'm going to try to explain it because it's, okay. it's a little convoluted in my head. So, you know how we speak how a a human that is in a third dimensional uh, realm is not experienced. It it doesn't really see time as space, like a fourth or higher dimensional being can. So it is possible for a fourth dimensional or higher being to be able to make the necessary changes in the past to to affect the future in a positive or in a way that they wanted to affect it because they can see time and space as one.
3: Just like the Hentapos, they can live it all at once. They live the the present, the future, and the past.
0: They live the present. We are only in the present. Exactly. So these people can go to Starbucks and get a new coffee and they already know what it tastes like before they even order it. So knowing this, (laughs) knowing this, The, the the Jedi are obviously in a third dimensional realm, or, or let's assume for the for the mm-hmm. you guys can argue this if you think oh, otherwise. Now, they are obviously able to see the future because of the force. It was expressed by the first time that I heard that was by um, Qui-Gon when he was explaining, uh, I think it was in episode one. Um, to Obi-Wan, like be mindful of your future. It can, you know, mess you up basically. So it is by that comment, I always think that they can see the future, but they can't really necessarily see, number one, the future is malleable. We know this. So they can't necessarily see, and you know, what they see could change or what they see, they don't know exactly if it's a little bit off into the future or a little bit off Closer to the present when they're looking at something in the future. So it is obvious they can't they don't have a clear vision and they don't have that 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 sense of belonging than a fourth-dimensional being has. So do you think that the Jedi consul, because I like to think that Joda is one of the most powerful Jedi's, and he can control the force in a way that he can see the future in a way that Qui-Gon or Obi-Wan could not see with the Force. Do you think that they, they're still, were limited to being a fourth, I mean, a third dimensional being and the fact that they see, yeah, the balance, you know, the kid will bring the balance to the Force, but not really clearly see that it's not him personally, but his descendants. And, the dark lore was yes. able to take it's advantage of this
3: necessary causality that has to create,
0: and and he was able to use this to hide his influence within the Jedi, without mm-hmm. uh, which that's another story altogether. I'm really mad at Anakin for for Anakin, being so Anakin stupid.
3: Anakin was a necessary evil. He was he was what would set up the ripple effect that would bring Luke
0: exactly. So do you understand where I'm coming from? I yeah. hope I did not confuse you because it's it's like, it's very convoluted in my head right now, but I'm really curious to see what your thoughts are on that thought.
3: Those are the, the laws of causalities to me. Uh, basically, there's a lot of things that transpire in a way that we wouldn't like it to be. They're tragic and horrible, but they were necessary for the final outcome to come. If it wouldn't have been that way, evil would have prevailed, probably. And many of the characters that we saw through that died in an honorable way probably would have died on a tragic way.
0: Interesting. never even succeed. So you're saying, what I grasp from what you say it is, that it's possible that they knew and they thought that by doing what they did was going to bring the results that we see at the end of the story.
3: I don't think I don't think that all of them knew. Probably, and I, I, I'm doubtful that Yoda does know the future. I think that Yoda sees the future like an enlightened per- like an enlightened person sees the future. They see it, they take it as it is, but they don't take it for granted as it's written on stone. Okay, so they take everything with a grain of salt, um, which hmm. makes it makes it makes it very. very, very like, uh, it's easy to see a person like that as if in control of the destiny or the situation, when they're not. They're just adapting continuously.
4: Yeah.
2: Can beautifully. I, go ahead, Can man. I throw some science in here? Yes. Because nice. I love throwing science. No, you can. Science, science, you can. Science is, science is the best thing to throw at. <laughs> <in>. So... um <laughs> Actually, I have to thank an anime for this because, <laughs> you know, I'm an anime head. Uh, so there's an anime called um, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. I already <laughs> so love that. These, yeah, these, senpai. these, these titles um, translate from um, Japanese into English, but Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. It was one of those animes that um, I sort of left on the back burner because the title was so weird that I couldn't really connect with it. But um, it, it, I, I'm actually now listening to the novels, the light novels of the series, and I want to do it on this show because um, although it's a story of um, adolescent angst and trying to deal with, with situations that come up in families and things like that, it's actually tied into um, chaos theory and um, quantum, quantum physics, uh-huh. uh they actually have explanations of what's happening through quantum physics which i think is fantastic wow. but the one that yeah i know exactly i mean this is anime that's why an <laughs> anime an anime, so great. On anime. But, um, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, yeah quantum physics in anime it, it works but um, the what i wanted to bring up is something that i pulled from this anime and it's called laplace's demon have you heard of it
0: no mm. what? i haven't
2: Okay, plus La- Laplace's demon. So, uh, in 1814, Laplace described an entity that would be able to calculate any future event if it knew the precise location mm-hmm. and speed of every atom in the universe, based on the principle of cause... And That's idea,
3: this,
2: this would be known as Laplace's demon. So, one of the, one of the, the 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 novels in this covers Laplace's demon from from um, the Rascal Does Not Dream series. And um, it sort of fits into the discussion you're having here in that uh, if if uh, any entity could had enough calculating power and it knew the the precise location speed of every atom in the universe, it could calculate the future. Oh wow! And um, I think that's probably what the Jedi are doing to a certain extent. In that if they know the through the Force, because the Force is is imbued in every single atom. In, yeah. in in creation then if they're well enough connected to the force the force would tell them the speed uh the precise location the speed of all the atoms around them then they could at least to a certain extent predict the future around them based on that information so it's a it's a it's a slightly uh smaller version of the theory of laplace's demon i In like that that, yeah, that theory the force is giving them yeah the, the force is giving them that information uh and through their training of the force they're able to calculate certain a certain distance into the future of what's going to happen around them and they're doing it subconsciously so that's how they they can predict the future around them at and um, get a, a leg up on what's going to happen, so they can, you know, deflect deflect that blaster bolt that's coming at them. It's coming at them at the speed of light, but because they can see into the future, they can def- they they know where it's coming from and they can deflect it because it's coming towards them. Yeah, but their they've, they've, their view into the future is given them that that warning. Mm-hmm. The problem then comes when you're trying to calculate and predict more than you're capable of dealing with at a time. You know, even even somebody who's fortified with the Force, the, their ability to deal with the amount of raw information that's coming at them from this power uh, would mean that it starts to get fuzzy around the edges. So I could see that, especially when you've got a, a, a Sith actively messing with them, uh, either hiding his own existence or or fiddling with the calculation, messing with the force around them to give them false information, you get the situation where um, uh, Yoda, who has obviously been doing this for hundreds of years and has got quite good at it, says the future is clouded. There's yes. something going on. He can he can sense that there's a, a Sith messing with the calculations, but he can't work out quite where that Sith is. So yeah. based on the theory of Laplace's demon, which is a, a theory within quantum physics, you can kind of look at that and, and sort of express it in the, the way that um, the force is interacting with Jedi and Sith and quantum physics and see that um, not only telling the future is possible through quantum physics, if you can do these calculations, and the force would allow you to do that, but also that it can be messed with. And you know, wow. I
0: really like that 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 uh, that analogy, and and it actually explains and answers my question in a way because the way that I grasp what you said is those calculations are compounding. So yes, the, the, the more into the future, the more atoms you have to calculate to get there, and the more atoms, the more calculations, and, and you eventually will reach your limit. So it's hmm. kind of like, I'm going to bring another analogy that might not be necessarily what I'm talking about, but when you make a copy of a copy of a copy, it eventually becomes fussy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you see mm-hmm. where I'm going with this. So the more the integrity of the
3: original data, the, 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 the integrity of the original data degrades as copies are made more and more and more.
0: Yeah. So what I'm basically I'm, I'm trying, to apply... trying to
3: apply yeah. that original product.
0: So I'm trying to apply to this concept yeah. where the more calculations you have to calculate, the, the less accurate your result is going to be.
3: Yeah. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Uh, you know, that, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: Bottle zone. Bottle zone. Go ahead, uh, uh, it, Dennis. It's it,
3: it, something for me. Being overdinker,
1: that's what I thought, through. Yeah, I, I was going to say that what, what you just stated was the reference from Dune, Kailaxo, and the Gula tanks, you know, recreating people, Mentats, time and time again, gets strained, gets a little wacky, stuff like that. You know, I agree. With, I agree with everything that everything that you're saying in the analogies, I I believe are spot on, you know, not to take it to a whole another level. So do we have is our destiny already planned was, was Anakin in right? Cause Shmi, mama Shmi, Shmi Skywalker never got married. You know, who's the father, right? The medical orange, bam, you got a little Skywalker. So was Anakin down the entire galactic senate, empire, whatever? You, I mean, that, you know, that, that goes to another realm altogether. But, you know, the Jedi Council, you know, you've got uh, so many minds there and stuff like that that if Yoda can't see through this. Now keep in mind, the Jedi temple was built upon what? It was built upon a temple. You know?
3: But we're and being, we're being harsh life? on Yoda.
1: Expecting him to be the master of masters. Uh, he's only a few thousand years old. Do you think he knows something? That- <laughs> I, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah.
3: I... I- yeah, but, but go it figure. Like Grogu, Grogu was what 90 years old. Grogu was about 50. 50 mm-hmm. years old. You
1: know, he was just a baby. Someone's got to take responsibility. You're the man. You're you're the president. you're it, right? So, yeah. So it's funny because Anakin, Anakin wanted to do. Her, to save Padme, I forget what episode. Maybe it was on a uh, on the Clone Wars. But Yoda had that power. Yoda, Patty that's dead or recently killed. Yoda has that power, so it's part of the. But since they didn't respect or there were, you know, Mace Windu was again they never let him in. Now keep in mind. You know, they they all wanted to go to you know, the Jedi Temple library because everything's there, there thousands of years, right?
3: But I Andrew mean come was on, Anakin, would you a ten year old that wanted a cougar.
4: <laughs>
1: we all want a cougar when we're that young. <laughs> you you get my point. I mean, you know, can we say manifest destiny could he was born or created to t- take it down. I, d- I don't know. What does balance to the force mean to one? What does balance to the force mean to another? Is balance, you know, yeah. sit the Sith... What's good for one person
3: is not good for the other. Well, it's a perception, is, is, is that is It's all relative, you know? It's a matter of perception. Uh, at the end of the day, what's good for me doesn't necessarily be good for you. You know, same thing applies for every single little detail in the universe of Star Wars. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I mean, who knows if. In this country. They could have have be uh, an two alternate. Uh, yeah. True.
1: Yeah. Sith, Jedi, two parties.
4: <laughs>
1: it's true. Okay. Okay. We'll it's crazy. The Jedi.
3: Yeah. Grass. <laughs> I always like to see it. Good
1: stuff. Gentlemen, thanks for having me on tonight. This was a, this
3: was fun. It's it's been a great talk. It's been a great talk. This is this is a lot of fun. I hope you guys
0: enjoy. I'm sorry, you cut off.
1: You guys have enjoyed it as much as I have.
0: We we always do. Oh, we have. We, we always do. <laughs> it's 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 insane how much, um, and, and you know our, our audience. I I think that by now they can tell this that we just, yeah, we 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 enjoy what we do. We really do. We, we enjoy the That's conversations, true. and 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 we like that conversations, uh, those conversations that we're having to follow in in the social media um arena as well, um. So, you know, if you had any comments about anything that we talked about and you you had some questions or you want to continue on something that you heard, uh, please. I mean, we even have a Discord channel that we are trying to grow. Um, It it is for science fiction, Brendan. However, it's sci-fi. It it is basically for sci-fi. If you're a sci-fi lover um, and you know other people that are sci-fi lovers as well, um, and you all use Discord, we have the Discord link in the description. So join up and, you know, let's let's grow this server together, kind of like we did the This is Sci-Fi hashtag, and we have a location we can all talk about what we love, which is Sci-Fi. Well,
1: what's, what's, what's the new mission that you guys have, and what's the new hashtag?
0: The next Mandalorian. You
1: remember? <laughs> the new, you got to create. I will have you on set. I'm gonna be. I'm, set. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna you be the be baby guy. Yoda. <laughs> we, we we would do the pod set, and I promise we would do the podcast from the set.
3: and Faverio and Fellini. And I'm gonna be. Gonna come on. I'm gonna be the baby Yoda. Okay. I'm gonna be an overgrown toddler on a stroller. <laughs>
0: That, that could be, Look, that would I be awesome.
2: Thank like you so much. Thank you. Well, well, you know, we're about the same age as, um, uh, as, uh, baby Yoda, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> it kind of works.
0: <laughs> You're right. That Carlos might not be, but yeah, we are.
4: <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll be, I'll be, like, I'll be like a wrinkled
3: wrinkle 50 year old in a diaper. Google back at sounds That's maybe we get our presentation of real that's life
4: funny.
3: <laughs> that's funny but yeah if you
1: got whatever I mean seriously that's my problem was to you. have you guys on set we'll do the podcast from set nice does that,
0: that
1: sound good
3: that would be awesome
0: that would be awesome that would be totally awesome
3: okay, okay. and let us know let us know where you come going Florida man uh I, let us know when you here are here. in florida i am in florida but oh, what
1: part of florida i live in central florida i'm in highlands county
3: yeah oh so we gotta get together man we're close already so sure. we got an excuse
0: i am in Fort myers and he's I'm in all, west palm beach
3: uh hey i'm, I'm going to florida be, from uh, coast to coast Miami.
1: I, I'm gonna I I'm I was in Orlando last week I'm looking up my board I'm gonna be in Miami um I'm gonna be in New Jersey end of this month I've got to shoot but I'm given day so seriously awesome awesome love to get together love but
2: so I'm gonna Maybe you guys drop by stuff. a little place called Australia yeah you need to uh, I'm dying to by. go
0: <laughs> that would be awesome agent hey, and Carlos we could actually record the show from Australia.
3: That would be fun. We will, and I want to capture. I want to capture a uh, uh, flying fox, baby
2: pet. Oh, that's a native animal. They won't let you take that home. <laughs> Not legally.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Deciding.
1: Okay, so
3: um... yeah, but I would like to go to Australia.
1: <laughs> but, gentlemen, I'm going. to have am call. Time, so thank you so much for having me on. i And uh, let let's get on, man. Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: It's been a pleasure, man. It's
0: been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming.
1: what do you? Oops. Oh, it's cutting off.
0: Okay.
2: I think he's run out of internets for the day. Yeah. That was like a drum roll, like.
4: <laughs> So, he
0: even dropped my phone. <laughs> that was awesome. That was completely awesome, and and yeah. Uh, and again, uh, thank you, Dennis. I know his time is limited, um, but we really, really appreciate him being on our show. Um, and and Dennis, thank. I hope we didn't scare you enough, and you can come back to our show some other time.
3: Come back, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually just invite myself to the so sets and show up. Man. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> and here I am She's making, making terr- I'm making terrorist announcements here that I'm gonna you invite myself to the sets. Yeah. <laughs> Clear. I can't hear you. I'm gonna let you
1: guys go. Thank you so much for your time you tonight. Can. Thank all you. Can.
4: you.
1: <laughs> if I can help you with anything going forward, you let me know. And uh, again, if I can help anybody with anything, thank you for everything, guys. Thank I you. I really had fun tonight. Thanks
4: I really appreciate
1: you it. You guys rock.
0: Thank you. A pleasure. Oh, always I, always I go can't back.
1: hear you, but I love you and I appreciate you. Okay? Thank you. Thanks, guys.
0: Bye. The leg. Joining Remember,
1: us. it is the way.
0: It is the way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll get you there.
0: Awesome. Yeah, so we want to thank uh, Dennis Mellon. Uh, he couldn't be for the rest of the show. His time is limited, but we really appreciate it. We have a blast with him. So uh, hopefully we can have him for another episode uh, going forward. Yeah. And uh, if you're listening and you want to make that, what he, the promise that he said happen, you can help us out. You know, the hashtag, The Next Mandalorian, where we can make Dennis Miller... Uh, uh, Malon, the uh, Mandalorian in the next, uh, in any of the shows, actually. I, I, I'll i take anything. Yep. I'd rather get the Mandalorian, but yeah, we can have a Mandalorian in any of the episodes.
3: And you can guys make a hashtag Giancarlo, the next Baby Yoda.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can make the <laughs> two hashtags together. There you go. I like that idea. So, uh, so let's continue. Um, unless, see, I, I, I had to add you know before we had to say uh part ways with uh Dennis um i, I it's the, the reba right that's i like to say i would like to say that this is kind of like the elephant in the room if you think about it um what do you think um about moses ingram's um acting chops um i know ray you only see, you only seen one episode um, you don't have much. I don't, I don't know if Giancarlo's, you remember the entire thing, but uh, most likely I like to hear Ray's opinions since she only see, 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 he only saw one episode. Um, what is your thought on, on her acting on this um, and her character and how she portrayed that character in that, that one episode that you that you watched? She's uh, Reba, the oh. third, the third sister.
2: Yeah, yeah, the the troublesome one, yeah, <laughs> the one that wants to chop everybody up. <laughs> um, yeah, the 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 angry bad guy character or bad girl character in this case um, is very much a staple of of um, adventure fiction. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I consider Star Wars to be. Um, uh, space fantasy rather than 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 pure sci-fi in that um it is it, it's it doesn't yeah but it doesn't have a lot of connection to physics as we know it um yeah. it's it, yeah. it, it Luke, lucas has has quite uh often admitted that uh you know like the the space fight scenes are all um sort of uh based off world war II, um, Let's
3: put it this way: the X-wings they don't run on fuel; they run on mana. <laughs> Something like
2: that. Yeah, but basically, uh, the the way the way space combat works—if you've ever read any crunchy um, science fiction—or you know, you, you look at shows like um, uh, The Expanse, which which has a much crunchier physics and when i say crunchy i mean uh, more true to to life physics space combat is ships hurtling along at huge speeds trying to shoot each other uh, and passing each other and going so fast that they get 2 or 3 seconds worth of combat and then they they spend mm-hmm. a few days slowing down and turning around and coming back in the other direction so <laughs> it's, it's not it's not particularly enjoyable to watch yeah. there's nothing to really see uh, so that's why Lucas went with things that were more like dogfights in atmosphere, where people could understand it better and, and get more out of it from a narrative perspective. It's it's not really true to life uh, as as space combat. So, uh, you know, like
3: that was not a long long journey, now, and the computer says, "Sorry, Dave, I cannot do that."
2: <laughs> exactly. The the howl of the TIE fighters. Well, there's no air in space, so you wouldn't hear that. The only people who would hear it is the pilots themselves uh, if um, the sound vibrated through the hull of the ship and then into the atmosphere, which is inside the ship, uh, to their ears. You couldn't hear it from another ship externally because there's no atmosphere. So you, you can't really have that visceral feeling of space combat. It doesn't exist. Uh, in mm-hmm. physics so um the, the, the point air combat to, in space. The, the, the the point I'm right. trying to get to which I, I I have wandered far away from I guess uh is that um uh storytelling in a, in a science fiction universe is a lot different than what we're used to terrestrially on a planet. And a lot of people wouldn't be able to relate to that. So we go to science fantasy to try and get something that's more relatable uh, as a storytelling telling science. That's advice. complicated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, getting back to your question, in, in that um, they've gone for a trope here that is relatable. You've got the almost one-dimensional bad girl who... You know, super angry, super bad, angry character who just wants to kill their enemy, and the other characters around them who, obviously, the um, the the head inquisitor, the grand inquisitor, has a much more nuanced character, and they're playing off each other. In that you've got the the the, the, the this is almost like like Luke and Obi Wan in that. Sorry, not Luke and Obi-Wan. Anakin and Obi-Wan, in that Anakin was the emotional, this is the way it's got to be. God damn. Padawan. Emotional role. Yeah. Annoyingly. He was the the Padawan, and um, Obi-Wan was the more nuanced, older, wiser character. And you're seeing that reflected in these two characters in that the Grand Inquisitor has to yank on her chain and pull her back uh, because she's just going going hellbent for leather off the rails, mm-hmm. smashing like a bull in a china shop through these people trying to find Obi-Wan. Um, and and I suspect that as the, the, the show goes on, you'll f- start to see more nuances in this, what appears to be in the first episode, quite a one-dimensional bag girl type of character Mm -hmm.
3: uh, to make a comparison to anakin with that that you mentioned ray think about it right before anakin joins the dark uh, side how was he looking he was looking uh leveled he was looking balanced he was looking happy all the good things hmm. and then he flips
2: yeah, there's been a lot of people who've had a lot of problems with the way he seems to suddenly turn bad. But um, there's a lot of nuances in the story, uh, and I know I'm getting way off the, the the track. But just to to answer what you said, there's a lot of oh, nuances no. with with the way he was manipulated. It's it's there's a lot of subtleties within that storytelling that if you're not really taking notice of it, you will miss. And yeah, no, I mean he let himself be
3: manipulated.
2: He let himself be manipulated,
3: but only at the uh, at the price of getting what he wanted. Mm -hmm. If you give him what I want, oh man, make me the worst thing you can ever create. That's what Anakin showed. So he's determined, and he he wants what he wants, and he doesn't care how he gets there.
2: So, well, Anakin, Anakin broke the rules of that's the what, Jedi that's what Anakin that, showed. that he he formed a close relationship with somebody like a, 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 a yeah. familial relationship, and he never he thought of, about of the, fear. why he was told not to do that. It's because it gave the Sith a way to manipulate him. Yeah,
3: yeah. the only way to hurt you is hurting what you love.
2: Exactly, and if you that's don't, a, that's a real life if you if you keep your love um spread out and and um you you love um the 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 um the republic rather than loving an individual you love everything then you cannot be manipulated as easily because you don't have that single point of of weakness yeah. if you spread your weakness you're not as
3: malleable out, yeah you're not
2: as Easily manipulated, but he he went against the rules yeah. and focused his weakness onto Padme and gave um, Darth Sidious a, a lever to manipulate. Him. Yeah, and well, yeah, no, Pap-
3: didn't play with him like it was a pawn. It was it was him like actually shameful.
2: Oh, he oh yes, like yeah.
3: Oh yes, it was shameful. Yeah. You know.
2: But you see, he was young and he was impulsive, and he didn't understand why why the rules were there, and he it wasn't explained. To him. That's what they always
3: say. I was young. I was stupid.
2: But the, well, you see, this is the, I, I'm I'm getting off track again. But this this sort of feeds into this theory of yeah. explain the reason why you should follow the rules, not just give the person the rules and expect them to follow them. Because... That's what
3: one this, of my favorite saying come, question authority, think for yourself.
2: But this is the downfall of teaching. Um, certainly yeah. back when I was a kid, I was told, do this. And I said, why? And I wasn't told why. My son gets everything explained to him. And he has since he was little. He was, ne- uh, he was never told, don't That's do amazing. as I do, do as I say. He was uh, He always said, when he was asked... Why should I do this? I would give him an explanation. Being in, in science and being, a te- being in teaching, I believe that everyone should have it explained to them why they should follow the rules. Because they won't follow the rules unless they understand why it's important. And this is the flaw in the Jedi teaching. You, They say, you will do this and you will follow the rules. And he, he went, why? And they didn't tell him. So he didn't follow them. And it's a simple fact of human existence that if you don't understand why you should do something, you're very unlikely to do it.
3: Yeah. And and that's where blind discipline can be actually a bad thing, you know? Exactly. Because discipline is good. Yeah. But blind discipline, you're doing something following through a set of orders, but you don't know the reasoning for it and the Mm -hmm. consequence that it brings to the outer world. Robert and I come from a culture that basically, like, we are not to to ask uh, I, or how. We're told something from our elders. <clears throat> we we take it as it comes and we do that, you know? But I think that's, that's very important because like whenever I'm talking to somebody, for example, most people that you're having a conversation with about uh, two opposite viewing uh, topics, they wanna convince you, right? What I tell people is I don't wanna convince you. I want you to consider what I have to say and to examine it and make your own assertion of it. and that's that that's the best way is by like what you doing with your kid, that's brilliant because you are helping him exercise independent thinking since a very young age.
0: Yeah.
3: instead of he learning later on in life, like wait, why I don't like we we go on automatic pilot and don't realize these things that uh, this is a very important thing. And very interesting thing that I actually like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean you, you need to explain to children and and young people why they should do something, not just tell them what to do because you know it's the right thing to do. You've got to you've got to give them the context and the subtext of why this thing is important to follow. And then they will choose it because it makes sense rather than just
3: well, they might, they might choose not to follow it's, through, it's see consequences and understand later. Yes.
2: Yeah, it's lazy instruction. I don't want to have to go to the trouble. So I'll just say, these are the rules. Follow them. And they'll go, nope. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And and it's the flaw. Like It's the way I was taught when I was a kid. And it took me years to understand why these things were important. It's, it's just like, just make the effort and explain it to them. It's yeah. not really that hard.
3: So we would not, was. we would not have. I mean, I don't know, I don't know about Robert. Like, I wouldn't have an adult sitting down and explaining crap. I I discovered an adult would tell me what to do and orders. What, what what? Tell me your your brother. I,
0: I discovered, you know, basically reality reality of life from my university professors. You know, and I remember till this day, and unfortunately. I can't remember the name because it's been so long ago and I had so many professors at the university. Um, But I remember one particular professor, I can't even remember the actual class that I was taking. And he said, you know, I am human. I could say something that for me is right, but is not correct because I am human. And humans do that. We err. It is your responsibility to do research and make sure that what I'm saying can be, you know, is correct. And it is your responsibility to point out with research that to be what I said, no, not to be unbiased. It is your responsibility to research and point out the things that I say that are incorrect with research and proof. And that was like, it blew my mind. Because even, you know, in today's age, we sit down and we listen to the news, right? And and especially from our culture, uh, we are told that, you know, if it's on TV, it must be true, right? These people uh, are paid to do the research, are paid to do, you know, the journalism code, for example. Um, but that applies to that, too. It is Gee your responsibility diligence. to research and make sure that what they're saying is correct. Because I bet you anything, there's many things. Because they're human. They're just like us. And we are not only bound to er
3: humans humans. So
0: but they're also... they humans,
3: and there's many things that go up in the backseat. Private agendas and shit like that, that might distort... The legitimacy of information as well. But you don't have
0: to go that far. Let's assume that they are doing their job. Let's assume that they have the biggest, you know, the the heart in what they're doing. Right? There's something called um, perception. And and the reality of each person, it is different from one person to the other. So what they say, um, it could be, in fact, to them, the real truth. Um, but because of their surroundings and their experiences, their perception to that could be something completely different than the, the other. So it might be that it could be partially true. It could be that it could be true for someone and not true for the other. Or it could be that it's only true to them and not everybody else listening. I, I yeah. don't know if that makes any sense, but
3: yeah, th- that Absolutely. Wrap... I, I've seen cases where people lie to themselves and they believe a lie to the point that, that they leave it as if it's a reality. And the only person that believes that the lies are true is that person in the lie.
2: Pers- personal reality, yes. Exactly. It's a well-documented, yeah. documented... Uh, That's the word. Uh, yes, personal reality is a well-documented um, happening. I can't think of the correct word. To use. I, I just wanted to bring up when you were talking about um, Reba... Uh, third sister Ac- academics or professors oh yes um and 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 what they tell you is it's it's very interesting because i've worked with a lot of professors um and academics and and a lot of them i don't really consider connected to reality particularly well <laughs> uh they they do tend to be siloed uh and have their own siloed. view about about things uh but um uh there is a uh, uh, working in in the field of biology, uh, there was a particular academic who told this story to me, and I'll I'll pass it on you very quickly. But uh, he had a a professor when he was going to university, who was in the field of biology, and he was well revered in his field. And everybody, you know, they they hung on his every word, uh, that he was so well known. Uh, written up in in the best journals and uh you know had many nature papers to his name uh, for those who aren't in the biology field nature is the premium the the, the top of the pile when it comes to um, they have and if, if you can get your if you can get your paper in nature you' know you've made it in the field of biology um, uh, N- nature was the the journal at the time that published, uh, the theory of evolution. Um, so uh, you know that it is the the premier um, uh, journal for that sort of thing. But uh, this particular academic, uh, who had been published in Nature many times, everybody believed everything he said. Basically, um, so he would be lecturing away, and he would he would always add into his lecture series a lecture about dragons, and. <laughs> He would he would come up to the podium and he would have his presentation. Back in the day, they didn't have uh, PowerPoint, so you know it was was um, uh, acetate sheets on an on an overhead projector. Uh, but um, he would start lecturing about dragons, and he would be there talking about you know the different types of dragons and how they could breathe fire or or, or um, you know cold or, or or poison or whatever, and and he would be lecturing away. And he would be waiting for one of his students to call bullshit. <laughs> and he would mm-hmm. do this every year. And sometimes he would get through the entire 150 wow. minutes without anybody without any calling call. bullshit. <laughs> and, and he was would he doing this. Nobody called Was bullshit. he doing this to engage that
3: people were paying attention to him or not?
2: Yes and he would want people to think what the hell is this guy on about and call bullshit and sometimes he would get through the entire thing and he would get to the end of it and he would go and somebody would go is this in the exam
0: oh my god
2: <laughs> yeah and then he would just like like shake his head and walk away but he would oh want
4: them ch- to
2: challenge him yes. on this he was deliberately Talking out his ass, <laughs> and this is the flaw in teaching That's in, the, in the Western world. I can't speak about any any because uh, uh, I haven't experienced it. But challenge everything you are told, people. Don't be a sheep. Well, um, you need to critically yeah. examine everything you hear, and as you get older, you get better at it because you have seen more. So you can compare what you're hearing it, to more things that you've experienced.
0: even on the scientific community, we have something oh. called what the peer review. So when a scientist exactly. when a science, scientist yeah. has done a paper, a journal paper and has done the the uh, experiments and, and and has done uh, written all the theories and everything is down on paper with all the results. you know it is other scientists' jobs. To go and do the same research, obviously not following, you know, you read the paper, you read your own research, you do your journal, and and everybody kind of does the same thing. And the more, I mean, even even within one topic, and I don't know... uh, Ray, you probably could speak a lot more to this, but even within topics, you could find easily fifty percent of the papers agreeing with one side of the topic, and the other fifty percent of the papers agreeing with another one. And we talk, we could be talking about a thousand, two thousand, three thousand uh, um, research papers that other scientists around the world has created, and and they could be divided um, among you and know two are. completely it happens different happens
2: things. A lot. Yeah. So the, the very first the very first research experience that I had um, was was to do with um heart research, and there was there there are labs on different sides of the planet that are coming out with papers that say the exact opposite about particular um, parts of the human body or or things that they're researching. and Research isn't a, a a thing where you go in and you do research and you come up with an answer and that, that is the correct answer.
3: We no, you cross-reference information into an elimination
2: process. Is. Yeah, but we don't know everything there is to know about about no. reality and life. We're always discovering new things and it puts a different spin and a different take on all the other information when you discover something new and you've got to try and fit it all together. And you can have people running down different uh, avenues of um, thought and experimentation that are giving them answers that don't jive. You you get different answers and you can have well-known and well-respected research groups coming up with completely opposite answers and huge clashes when they meet each other at at, um, at research, research fora, uh, that they, they completely disagree. And who is right? And they say, I've, I've discovered this, this and this, and it leads me to believe that this is the answer. And the others have discovered this, this and this. It leads them to believe that this is the answer and they're completely at odds with each other. Who is right? We don't know. You've got to keep researching it eventually the The truth will will trickle down and fall out of what's being being uh, examined. but life life is not a, a purely one-sided uh, piece of information. Depending on how you look at it, and this falls back to to what Robert was saying earlier, your point of view can completely skew what you're trying to discover. And going back to Star Wars, the even the,
3: uh, even 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 how you put the question would change the outcome of what you're going to get as an answer.
2: Exactly. You know? But the whole thing the- of the, the Sith believing that what they're doing is right and the Jedi believing mm-hmm. doing what they're doing is right and them coming uh, and being directly at odds with each other has, um, has uh, a mirror in the real world where scientists... Have completely conflicting views about the the topic that they're researching, and they're being at loggerheads about it. You see the same thing in Star Wars with the Sith and the Jedi, Mm -hmm. that they both believe they're doing the right thing, and they're coming at it from completely opposite directions, and they will never see eye to eye because their points of view and their worldviews are completely different.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: You Uh, see the same
3: thing with Fast and the Furious with the bad guys and the cops.
0: Uh, to, uh bringing this back to the original question i don't know how we got so far off um uh, i mean we're still talking about <laughs> star wars but we we do that <laughs> um my my uh my question was i wanted to see your perception your your um personal experience with the character of the third sister Reba. and how do you think yeah. that um it, i I guess I can start first, right? Um, I think that character is great. I think she did a great job portraying this character. Um, Obviously, I I have a lot more information than you, Ray, on this because I've seen the entire season. However, I don't think that takes away from you being able to answer just based on this one episode because I feel like she gives it her all and it makes me believe the in in the character that she's actually um, displaying to us, and it's it's a real sad story if you think about it, because if you if you watch from the beginning, you actually can see Reba being trying to be trying to be, in, pro, trying to be protected oh by a Jedi, uh, whenever Order sixty six was was just. Given, and Anakin entered the um, Jedi Academy, Um, and you see how she's one of the kids in that group trying to being protected by different Jedi's. Um, So, so you know, eventually she sees her classmates died, and somehow Anakin has allowed her to live, and now in this first episode. We see her as a Sith. Um, well, not necessarily a Sith. She's actually an Inquisitor, uh, an honorary Inquisitor called uh, the Third Sister. So it, it's a it's a real sad story. Um, again, I think kind of mirrors just like you said, Ray. It kind of mirrors slightly Anakin's story. Um, the only difference is that Anakin had a choice. Um, Reba didn't. You know, asshole. So I guess I'll start with 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 Ray. Uh, this is actually the question that I had. That's actually my answer. But I'm kind of really curious to see what your perception was of this character, only because for I don't understand online the negative comments on this character. I honestly don't, um, because I think it was great, but. I'm kind of curious to see your 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 points of view on this.
2: Well, obviously, um, I because I've only seen the one episode, it's not clear to me yet. We 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 saw the the attack on the Jedi Temple uh, during the episode, and that there was there was um, Padawan's there that there was a Jedi trying to protect, and she died trying to protect them, and then they were escaping. The, the temple but obviously that's all there was in this episode so i hadn't i, I didn't understand yet that she was one of them mm-hmm. it, it's not obvious until obviously um later on in the season uh that that's her that we were seeing there
4: mm-hmm.
2: um i i hadn't drawn that bow yet that the the, the the connection's not there so um you've just basically spoiled it for me, but that's well, okay. I don't mind. That's
0: what we do, science fiction uh, um, remnant. Yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly. Spoilers, spoilers ahoy. But um yeah, the it's good storytelling in that um you can connect the past to the present to the, to the future of a character and and understand why they are like they are. Um the the angry young woman character. Uh she's obviously Dealing with survivor guilt, we've seen Anakin. Uh, we, we've seen Ben. He's dealing with PTSD and the loss of everything that he held dear, to the point where he just doesn't want to get involved anymore. He's he's there to look after Luke, and that's his the last job he was given by Yoda, and he doesn't want to have to deal with anything else. But then he has to break out of that and rediscover his connection to the Force to be able to help Leia so i can see where that's going from the first episode but um yeah i i i didn't have that connection with the the the, the scene in the jedi temple and, and the character of, of reva um or third sister um, that that she is connected to that as well but obviously um inquisitors and and dark jedi are have to have a source from somewhere and, and she's come from, uh, the Padawans in the temple at that time when it was attacked during order 66.
0: Yeah. Uh, and and taking away that fact that, you know, the beginning of the episode where we see the, the younglings being protected or running away, taking away that from the equation, just the way, you know, what we see the third sister, Riva, um, go through through this episode it's it was well done in my opinion um and and that's the reason why i was i'm I'm questioning because i mean i might have a different different perspective just like we just talked a few minutes ago but i do not see the negative um what you know all the negative descriptions online about that character um, and later on at the end, um, you get to know more. And and I think um, in my personal experience, by the end of this season, I kind of learned to love the character, which is something that I don't think I have said um, in, in any other show or IP where, because, you know, if you think about it, she's she is one of the bad guys, but she's not the main bad guy, the, the, the main antagonist in this, in this story. But it, it, I still find it very odd for me. And of course, we don't have to talk about this like we could talk about this in another episode. But it's one of the few shows where I can learn to love an antagonist by the end of the season. Which is very, very odd for me.
2: You, well, the treatment of um, the antagonists in a lot of stories is that they're one very one-dimensional. Um, they're just there so that the good guys have got somebody to push against and show their good points. But a well-written bad guy, bad girl, uh, however you want to put it, the the, the a well-written antagonist is a hugely valuable um, resource and as a writer myself, um, uh, the, the 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 other side of the coin, the 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 people that the good guys are fighting against um, if they're really well written, they are um, uh, uh, a positive, they're positive in a negative way is is about the best, the, 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 the most succinct way I can explain it. You need to have a bad guy that is believable to really have the story hold together. And Anakin is believable in that he thought he was doing the right thing. The, the whole um, old chestnut of the uh, road to hell is paved with good intentions is very very clear in Anakin's story he thought he was doing the right thing he thought he was going to be saving um, padme he basically went against the jedi teachings and gave himself a real achilles heel which the um uh, uh, which um darth sidious used to basically crack him open and use him play him like a fiddle and use him as a way to destroy the republic yeah and just just like we see that um uh, ben kenobi is suffering from 10 years of ptsd about failing anakin and failing the republic and being involved in the destruction of the jedi order and the republic anakin is dealing with exactly the same thing he thought he was doing the right thing he turned to the dark side But that part of him that is good, that everybody keeps saying, um, you know, Padme, when she was dying, said there is still good in him. Uh, It's still there. He, it is, it is suffering. Yeah. And we see that all the way through Anakin's story, that he's trying to be the bad guy that he's been turned into, but it doesn't quite gel he's not a hundred percent bad nobody is a hundred percent yeah um people people go down that path and do worse things and and they hate themselves for it but they keep doing it because it's the path that they're on it's the path that they know they keep treading that path they don't turn back a lot of people never turn back um and a lot of people who've Done terrible, terrible things, and then being hauled over the coals for it, and they're there at at the end of their lives, be them truncated by you know the laws catching up with them and um you know sentencing them to death, and they're on their on death row or they're at the, the point of their life where where they're forced to face up to what they've done nearly all of them have been repentant in some form or another. And Anakin is no, is no exception. He's realised that he's done the wrong thing. You see him on the Death Star go, Luke, I'm really sorry that I've dragged you through this, that I've, I've done these wrong things. I've realised that it was wrong and I've done what I could to rectify this. I've saved you. I've dealt with the Emperor um, and I'm really, really sorry. Um, and he didn't get a lot of time to 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 process that but you can tell that he's sorry about it and that that is that is the human condition nobody is completely bad nobody is completely good we're all trying to deal with the shit that's thrown at us day to day in the best way that we can and a lot of people don't have the um internal fortitude or the tools they need and they fail they fail hard in some cases to deal with what they're trying to deal with and the moral high ground is a very slippery slope i've got to say i have made mistakes in my life that i've looked back and gone why the hell did i do that yeah what was i thinking at the time was i insane um was i why was I choosing the, the the actions that I was choosing? And it can be considered a form of temporary insanity that you get yourself into a position where you're making choices that you later on go, what the hell was
0: that? Yeah, especially How when you could were I young.
2: Possibly. Yeah, exactly. You don't have the experience. You don't understand what the hell you're doing, why the hell you're doing it. Emotions are running high. Um, and and later on, you look back and you go, oh, my God, I was insane. It was it had to be temporary insanity. But really, it was just you were lacking the tools. You were lacking the knowledge. You were lacking the inter- intestinal fortitude to do the right thing in the first place. And you just walk down the wrong path and gone, crap, can I actually turn back from this? Yeah, yeah. And you you." you You see that in these stories. You see that in Anakin's story. You see Obi-Wan dealing with the BGSD of fucking it up really badly. And there's our PG-13 (laughs) F bomb. But uh, people have to deal with the mistakes that they've made. And some people deal with it by running away from it some people deal with it by doubling down and screwing up even further and some people never make those mistakes because they understand what that will mean but most people don't most people can't find that within themselves at the time when they're young and making those mistakes and have to deal with it on the flip side later on with ptsd and all those other horrible things that our brain's do to try and deal with the fact that we've done horrible things to other people and basically thrown away what we were were thinking was the structure of our lives in the pursuit of what we thought was important yeah um, and i is the human condition
0: yeah i I like to change the topic slightly about something it just came to mind however i'm not sure if you're familiar so i guess i'll ask first um because it might not make sense to you if you're not familiar there's a show um i believe it was 80s 90s no uh it was i think it was in the 80s called punky brewster have you ever heard that show i know
2: of it but i i i know of it but okay. I don't know much about it.
0: Well that that's good enough. If you if you know Ovid, of it, you know pretty much what it's all about. It's just a a cute uh, sitcom about a little girl um uh, orphan that this older man took in and and raised her and it, it actually um she became the legal guardian through the courts and well watching Leia and I don't know if I'm the only one thinking this because um, I had to agree, I did like the show. Um, obviously, I was a lot younger when I watched the show, uh, Funky Brewster. Um, but I was thinking, and I might be wrong, and maybe you can clear this out if you know or any of the listeners out there through uh, Twitter can reach out to me. Um, but I don't think there is a such a thing as a sci-fi sitcom, cute sitcom. And, and what I have in mind is something like punky brewster but set in space or in a sci-fi environment and and that came to me by looking and watching this character perform in this show and and i don't know if you if you could see that uh ray but i was thinking like i need that and I, I, I might be the only one because <laughs> I like those kind of shows, I know that if Giancarlo's will be here, he'd probably be laughing at me right now. But uh, I do, I and 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 seeing how well this person, uh, this um, this little girl perform in this uh, in this show, um, it, it just brought to me memories, and now I want a show like that to happen. Um, she's such a great actress. I, I think she's called uh, Vivian Lira Blair. Um. I call her Baby Leia. <laughs> um, what it's got to be a
2: baby something in there, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, get the uh, aw ba- going.
0: Yeah, Baby jonah, Baby Leia. Um, do you see? For I guess th- this is a two-part question. Um, although you're not familiar with the Punky Brewster show, you kind of know, mm, kind of like the basis of what the show would be about. Do you see that? and also what was your perception of that character in the
2: show well there there's um a clear leverage factor with cuteness right and and babies and all that sort of thing that that pulls on the heartstrings of of um maternal and paternal instinct and Basically, uh, with Baby Yoda and with Young Leia, they're leveraging that. They're, they're pulling on your heartstrings. It, it, in, in anime, it's called moe uh, or kawaii. Uh, don't confuse uh, uh, kawaii. It, it, kawaii and kawaii are two different things. Kawaii with one eye is, um, is scary, but you put another eye on them, so it's kawaii and you get cuteness. So I think it's just confusing. I'm, I'm, I'm only just starting to delve into, into the complications that the, the, the Japanese language holds. But uh, kawaii, which is cuteness, um, is something that's leveraged really, really hard in anime. And it's all, also used in the West for these things like Baby Yoda, Young Leia, and... And it is a natural desire for things that are that are youthful and cutesy, and uh, for all the negativity that is is seen in the West for the things that that anime does with that sort of thing, uh, Western media is is no exception to that. Um, uh, Baby Yoda, the the fifty year old cutesy baby creature that everybody loved from the Mandalorian and the youthful Leia, which, you know, has the whole punky Brewster vibe going uh, and, and is really enjoyable in that sense, uh, but also pulls on the heartstrings of you want to protect her uh, because she's so adorable and you want that, that youthful exuberance and the, um, the, the young sort of, um innocence that you want to protect. It's all there. It's it's always all there with with child actors and child characters. Uh, and you can see it in that first episode that she's gorgeous. Um, she's, she's learning about the world, but she has her own spunk. She has her own desires even at that young age. Uh, she knows what she does and doesn't want. Uh, and she wants to be involved in that adventure that that uh, the young at heart always want to be involved in. It's the whole part of Star Wars that got us involved when we were kids, uh, and we still want to capture that even when we're, we're old enough to be her grandfather. We still want to be part of that. We still want to know that adventure, that innocence, that that part of life that's not so complicated and can just be fun. We still want to be part of that. And of course they leverage that. And it's the immediate thing that they take away. She's kidnapped. Yeah. Right. And and you know, I had to point (laughs) out, you have to, I I had to point out before
0: you continue, I am a father of two girls. So, you know, it kind of hit me. uh, I like to think a different way than most. Um, because I see, you know, in in a sense, I see my daughters and how mm, what I would do to protect them. So mm. you know, if if you have kids in general, you, you probably understand what I'm co- where I'm coming from um, about
2: this episode. Yep, for sure. So there's the parental angle. You want to protect the child. But there's also the innocence and the wanting to get back to something simpler. You can, you can feel the child's innocence. You can, you can relate to things being more simple and just having fun with them. But you also, as a parent, want to protect that innocence and protect that child because they do not understand what's going on. Uh, and they end up in over their heads very, very quickly. Uh, this is a common trope with um, adventure stories in that um, there's an older um, character who wants to protect the younger character, be it the, their parent, like or ganna is really worried about his daughter and wants Obi-Wan to come and, and help find them, and it's the only person he trusts To get this done, not only, well, he's got, you know, guardsmen who have been looking out for um, uh, Leia's safety as she's been growing up. But the moment that it goes beyond that, he can't rely on them to do the job anymore because they don't know the full extent of the situation. The only one who knows that is Ben. And that's why uh, Bal is reaching out to Ben and going, please, Ben, please come and, and save my daughter. You're the only one who can do it because you're the only one who, A, understands the, the situation in its entirety and B, understands that if she's been kidnapped, they must know who she is and they're dangling a carrot. So Ben knows that he's walking into a trap, but he's got to walk into it anyway because he is a Jedi he he's been hiding from it for 10 years but he knows that he has to do this so despite the fact that bale probably knows that this is a setup he's going to push ben under a bus to try and save his daughter because he's the only one who can so these are complex stories they're really hard you're going to you're going to feel that pain in the back of your legs when <laughs> when your your empathy you know pulls pulls in there and and you know that it's going to hurt but you're going to be part of it anyway because this is really good storytelling that was where i was headed before you interrupted me and it's fine to interrupt me but basically this is Uh, antithesis of storytelling Mm -hmm. storytelling that draws you in despite the fact you know you don't want to go there (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know it's going to be bad but you're going anyway because you're in for the long haul yeah Yeah. and that's what really good storytelling is awesome i don't want to go there but i'm going there
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah this this i really enjoy this episode and as a matter of fact i enjoyed the entire season um, I, I, I'm looking forward to
4: the rest of
2: it.
0: Yeah, uh, and and I'm I'm kind of curious to see your thoughts as you go through this. Um, not long, six six episodes. Uh, they're about an hour, um, an episode. So I'm kind of curious to see what your thoughts are as you go through. Maybe you, we can make this a thing on Twitter, and we can um, start this conversation. Um, should we go into the next? Uh, topic i don't know i mean the, the next uh, segment
2: uh, I- well we've kind of lost our, our, our the third point of the triangle with um uh, having lost um, gian carlo yeah. conversation so yeah we probably should start wrapping up because because i'm looking at the clock and we're pushing <laughs> on three hours so uh, i i know that there are those out there who have trouble with having a pause button <laughs> and, <laughs> and being able to to step away and come back again But uh, yeah, we probably should uh, wrap this one up.
0: Okay, so let's go into the next segment.
2: and sci-fi. So, as I mentioned earlier in the 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 conversation here, I thought it was odd that we were starting with something as new as this when it's a multi generational story. Uh, I remember. Star Wars in 1977 and how amazing it was. I knew people who went and saw it over that summer uh, over 60 times uh, in the cinema. Uh, The guy's mother worked there so he could get free tickets. And I was really, really, really jelly of the guy (laughs) because I would have liked to have done that. I saw it twice in cinema and then it was VHS after that because, um, yeah, uh, I was not connected I was not I didn't have that that connection but uh, I can understand why he did it Uh, it was one of those groundbreaking stories that I knew was going to be with me for the rest of my life Um, and having seen some of the um, analysis that had been done in the in the interim since then of what the the mythos of Star Wars meant and how Lucas pulled it in from uh, the classics and the the hero's story and all that sort of stuff. There are now storytelling um, uh, um, university degrees that you can do on Star Wars because of the way it has been built and how classic it is and how detailed it is and how important it is in the story of science fiction, that um, you can start anywhere in Star Wars now and draw yourself back to the beginning and and go for a run through this great story uh, and, and see how important and how wide-ranging and how great it is. Uh, it does have its low points and it obviously has its high points uh and i think that um uh this uh story of obi-wan is one of its high points in that you can see the love that is in this story and it's not just love from a storytelling perspective but it is love from a technical perspective as well uh from way back when with the, the, the model making of the original Star Destroyer that, w- that was seen cruising through that very first scene of Star Wars after the um, the text wall had rolled and the music came up and you saw the Star Destroyer chasing the uh, blockade runner uh, at the very outset of Star Wars um, chronologically. Um, you can see that the same level of detail and the same um, love has been put into the creation of this story. And one of the things that uh, was groundbreaking about these new short um, sections of story that we are now getting, The Mandalorian, um, Boba Fett, and now uh, Obi-Wan, is uh, the LED light wall. So to give you some some backstory on that is that um, the original Star Wars was done with, obviously um, uh, uh, real um, when I say real, <laughs> there's not a lot of real in Star Wars, but um, it, real special effects um, with um, models and muppets and all that sort of thing that um, created the original three movies. Moved forward to the year 2000, and everything was green screen. People were waving, waving a stick in front of a green screen, and everything else was put in afterwards. And, of course, there was people who lauded that as the, the new way to go, and other people who said, what the hell are you doing? This is, again, the, you know, complete, the two... Um, parts of of the story that completely disagree with each other about how to create a story.
0: Even the original Even that, the original movies were added after the fact too, and they were remade yes. a couple of times to add the CGI, yes. which did not have CGI before. It's kind of funny because I did yeah. show John Carlos the original, uh, which you can still find on YouTube, mm-hmm. and he's like, "This is it." I mean, Java was a guy walking yeah. next side, you know, next to. Uh, uh Han solo and they, they only added that Jabba monster if you want to call it after like superimposed on the guy and, and yeah. that's the Jabba that we all know now but before it was just the
2: guy walking next to uh, Han solo. Well originally yeah I mean um stories don't uh don't stay the same they morph and change and grow not only when they're handed on, but within the mind of the original creator, George Lucas, when he created Star Wars, did the best he could with what was there at the time, which is what any, which is all anybody can do. And different creators have different opinions about how to do this. Um, you can find a lot of people really appreciating. Um, uh, the original works more than what came after it and how Lucas changed it, they felt that the original was more true to the original story and the way that he kept changing it was not appreciated in that, sure, it was getting closer to what he considered was his ideal, Mm -hmm. but it was getting further away from the original story, which was the way it was created at the beginning. Yeah. so I mean you, you get different people appreciating different parts of this and of course everything moves forward you can see it in Star Trek where the the prequels that were coming out in Star Trek had flat screens not um the the CRTs and people jumped up and down and said it's not it's not canon because it's not you know it doesn't look like it but what you've really got to do is step back and have a look at it and go, okay, is this Star Trek? Yes or no. You've got to make your own decision. Uh, And I know a lot of people who to this day rail against the more recent stuff saying, it's not real Star Trek. It's not canon. It doesn't fit. They're, They're getting further away from what Roddenberry saw as his original ideal. And you can You can see that happening, but this is storytelling, yeah. and this is you know fifty years later. it's not going to be the same. Yeah. things don't stay the same. It's not the same person telling the story. they're taking what was laid down originally and adding to it and i I admit that you know when the the second Battlestar Galactica came out, which we still haven't covered. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, I had a lot of trouble with it to start with because it wasn't my Battlestar Galactic. Exactly. It wasn't, you know, the, the, the chrome walking Cylons and all that sort of stuff. But as you get into it and you start experiencing it, you can see where the new storytellers are going with it. And if you can just relax a little bit and let go of what you experienced as a child... You can start to see the joy that this new creator is bringing to it, and you can see the value in it, and that is what, as an older sci-fi fan, I can appreciate. And I know that younger people have trouble with it, but give it a few decades, <laughs> you'll get, you'll catch up, you'll yeah. get there to where us old farts are, and how we can appreciate things more now that we couldn't appreciate when we were younger. Yeah, so. My experience of experiencing science fiction is that as you get older, you will change. Your thinking will change. The way you see things will change. You will grow. And you may end up becoming like I am. And I can only talk for myself. Uh, That I can appreciate more science fiction now than I could um, when I was younger because I was set in my ways. But now that I'm older, my uh, experience and and my my point of view has relaxed, and now I can get into things that when I was younger I couldn't do. I think that a lot of the fandom menace and all those sort of people are young people who are set in their ways, and give them twenty years, uh, presuming they make it that far, and um, they will be able to then relax and experience things again and take off the rose-coloured glasses and understand that science fiction is a much wider gamut than they were allowing themselves to see in the first place.
0: Yeah, I, I agree
2: 100%. Awesome. But getting back to what, what we're talking about in this session, because I've <laughs> wandered again, which we always do, yeah, is yeah. that the original creation was done with... Um, with technology that has now been surpassed in various ways. Green screen with people standing there waving a stick in front of a green screen is is sort of the middle ground, which a lot of people who appreciated the way the originals were created didn't like, but now we've got new technology which brings the, the two of them closer together. So rather than having a green screen where you've got to imagine what, is happening uh, around you as an actor. We now have the LED light wall, which is the technology that I want to talk about for this section, because obviously um, uh, Obi-Wan is so new that it hasn't been around long enough to influence um, science as uh, older IPs and the older parts of Star Wars have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um you can now see that the technology is influenced by how they want to create uh, the the new stories going forward. So you have this massive LED light wall. It was formerly called Stagecraft, and it is 20 feet tall, 270 degrees around, and 75 feet across. Um, I'm I'm reading off something that's obviously um, from America, so it's Imperial. Uh, but I would normally speak in in uh, meters uh, rather than than feet. Mm-hmm. But it is the largest and most sophisticated virtual filmmaking environment ever made or made made to to date. Um, and uh, basically what it does is it creates a huge backdrop which uh, gives you rather than a green screen, you can actually look into it as an actor and see. What is is um, is supposed to be there, rather than imagining what you're working in front of. So, rather than <clears throat> having this big green wall and it being all bullshit, that uh, the the the, um, the the original sort of the lovers of things that you know you've got to travel to Morocco and stand in a desert to get. Uh, a desert environment you can now use um uh now what were they using they they were using um uh i've had a brain fart and i can't remember what it was but it's one of it's one of the the computer um the computer game engines
4: on real five
2: um, is well used yes yes that's real five yes so you can un- use un- the run- Unreal 5 game engine to now create these backdrops for the scenes in your story. So rather than not being able to look out into the distance and being told, look out into the distance and you're spying the, the Jawa sand coming across the desert at you, and you've just got, got to sort of imagine where that, the, the ball on a stick is to see where you're supposed to look, you can actually see it coming. Yeah, so you can actually react to it, and that—that's that whole depth of, of meaning that's added back in for the actor to react to things. So um, I I feel that it that it's um, a step up from a green screen. Oh yes, and and you you get that that feeling that they're in the environment rather than the than than they're trying to imagine where the environment is and and not have that feeling. The, the actor's part of the scene. Yeah. So I, I think that this is a, a step forward. It may not look quite as good in that you can sometimes see that the lighting is completely different from the person to what they're looking at in the background. But um, as time goes forward and improvements are made, they will be able to make this look indistinguishable from the real thing. And that's what we really want. We want to suspend disbelief and be able to be part of that, believe that they're part of that environment. And um, as as the years go past and this, this gets improved, they will get there with it. It is really impressive. So I, I find it impressive that it is now, but it will only get more impressive. Yeah. And I have to apologize. My headset's just died. The batteries just died. So give me a <laughs> moment to swap it over. So... Take it away, uh, Robert, and I'll be back with you in less than thirty
0: seconds. Yeah, no, and I was going to say it's, it's it's a good. Uh, I guess it's a good uh, chance for me to interrupt here, um, but I actually have seen this. Um, I believe that Mandalorian was the very first show that started using this technology, and it. You guys, I, I welcome everybody to go on and YouTube and 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 go look at this thing. It is impressive where they have this room and, and you can and I'm sure the, the actors appreciate it um, because, uh, you know, when you work with CGI, it it, it, it's, it adds a level of complexity to the actor where they have to react to something that is in a plane and space where they are told, OK, this is here is going to. You know, maybe it's coming towards you or whatever, and and you have to react at the time they tell you you have to react. So, and and they have done a great job because we have seen anything pro. You know, every sci-fi property that we've seen so far, um, prior to say The Mandalorian, it, it's it's good enough to the fact that you are you believe. You know, whenever the person is interacting uh, with a CGI created. Um, environment Um, but I like to think it's a lot better for the actor Uh, as a matter of fact uh, if you ever watch Halo I saw an interview with a lady that was um, um, playing uh, Cortana and how the challenges that she had um, interacting with the people because she is a holographic projection Um, so I understand this portion how hard it is and they make it work but you know, regardless of that, it's a lot easier for the actor to be able to interact with that that is CGI that is away from the eyes at the time now is visible, and they can react real time to that. Just like you know, like like you just said, right? And and it's the machine. Well, uh, let's call it a machine. It is very impressive to me, and and I I can't wait to see how that technology will level up from
2: there. Well, it, it's obviously, it, it runs as a sort of a ring. So it's not, you know, right up into the sky or anything like that. There's, mm-hmm. there's a sort of a, a sweep, kind of like a, 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 a big surround screen uh, that you might watch a show on or something like that. But um Yeah, I suspect that uh, eventually they'll be able to run it across the floor and run it across the ceiling as well Yeah, and have it work as almost like um, a virtual reality um, backdrop uh, where you don't have these gaps anymore. And and I would expect that um, as the technology improves, uh, we'll end up with something like a holodeck from Star Trek. And then you really be impressed with what we'll be able to achieve when we're creating stories that are set in places that don't yet exist.
0: All I'm saying is I want a PlayStation 25 right now. (laughs) Full 3D. (laughs) Awesome. So... That's a uh, that's a wrap, I guess. Um, this uh, episode was really fun um, because I get to talk, you know, in deep conversation. I have to have to have those deep conversations again about the topic that we all love so much, which is sci-fi. Um, if you guys like the episode, um, help us out. You know, go into your favorite podcatcher and give us a review. Uh, positive review or, or um, reach out to us on Twitter. Let's have this conversation. Uh, I am sure that um, you have heard some of the topics that we have discussed today. Um, maybe you have questions. Maybe you have opinions. Maybe you have comments. They are all welcome. Reach out to us on Twitter and let's continue this conversation um, as well as the Discord. You know, if you love sci-fi and you want to get, you use Discord and you want to grow, um, we're trying to grow this uh, Discord server, uh, which although has our name, is not isolated to just us. It is mainly all sci-fi. So, you know, you are welcome to come in, bring your friends. Um, And if you so choose, we do have merchandise as well. Uh, The description is on uh, the link is on the description. And if you can see, I didn't want to be left behind by Ray because Ray has the shirt as well. So for this episode, I wore mine, Uh, but we have new designs on there as well. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for um, your engagement. Um, You guys are being are awesome. And I hope that we can continue To meet your expectations on future episodes and you continue to listen to us. So, from the crew of Science Fiction Remnant to you, thank you so much. And we hope to see you soon.